keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Sell out full of suffering, suck attach, son. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And you teeth look like two tight too, Billy. And you book a match with me. That's right, Killing. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> Wrestle roasts on ad-free shows and ATC. Welcome, everybody, to the WrestleMania Wrestle Roasts review. I'm here with Mike and Robert. Scott will be joining us shortly. Uh, are you guys uh, Are you guys good with wrestling for the next couple weeks? I am. I'm good yep. for the rest of the year. Um, I feel like all I have done since last week is, is watch wrestling. And uh, is this how you feel all the time, Dan? I mean, I'm taking a week and a half. I'm about to go on my honeymoon. I won't be on the episode next week. I don't know what the guys are doing, but I I just got done watching another SmackDown from like 1999 before this. So yeah, I need a break, man. I mean, and and there was a lot of good stuff this weekend, but I I definitely need a break. Um, Let's uh, let's get into this. April 22nd, we're going to have our roast of Becky Lynch today. Not only are we reviewing WrestleMania, but we're having the roast of Roman Reigns. Please join our YouTube, our uh, our live show, which was fucking awesome. Guys, I want to thank everybody who came to our live show. I also want to shout out to Dan Lee, who sent me a um, <laughs> a cameo of Brian Alvarez explaining why I can't vote in the wrestling observer hall of fame even though he has no say this was amazing because you 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 said this to us and maybe there's a way we either played at the end of this episode or maybe the next Saturday episode can like second insert Zach or isn't here like but yeah yeah but we'll we'll, we'll talk to him but we'll, we'll, we'll people should hear this because this guy who was on our live show and asked great questions um then paid fifty dollars to have Brian Alvarez personally reject you. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> it was it was Robert awesome. was like, just pay us the fifty, just PayPal us the fifty dollars. <laughs> like the worst part of that is that yes, that the money went to Alvarez. I think that's the part that hurt the uh the, the most. I will say I did reach out to to Lance Storm and I'm like, Are you an observer Hall of Fame voter? How do you get on? He's like, Well, what's his resume? I'm like, well, he's not a magnet. And since uh, Melter's a robot, that would go a long way to help him. Uh, <laughs> and, and Lance just adds all the when he goes, I am a voter and I don't think I send in my ballot most years. So <laughs> maybe I can write in Lance's. Um, I'll put Lance in the Hall of Fame. If you, he, can, he, wait, you can Lance really love Johnny Knoxville versus Sami Zayn. <laughs> he thought it was a technical masterpiece. Uh, yeah. Easily one of the best matches he'd seen all night. Well, I mean, I, I did think it was fun, but we'll get into that. Um, yeah, I loved it. Yeah. I uh, I, I want to apologize. I did. Me and Robert each did a Raw after WrestleMania review. Spoiler alert, it was actually a really good Raw, uh, and I forgot a couple segments. I forgot the Carmella breakup and the Finn Balor triple tag, but everything else I covered. Um, it was a it was a great Raw if you're like, you know what, man? This WrestleMania was pretty good. I'm going to give this product another chance. Oh, I'm free. Um, I, was, I thought it was it actually pretty good, Mike. Bad. Oh man, that ending uh made it really easy to write this roast. 
Well, I like the it, ending, but it was less than great. nothing. It was it was nothing. It was yeah, but it you know it was good. I thought I, I would rather had David Byrne come out and go same as it ever was. Well, here's the thing: is that like Roman? It was a new audience to some people, but we'll get into it. Um, yeah. Anyway, our Patreon schedule: we're doing the roast of Brock Lesnar this weekend. The guys are recording it. I will be dropping my Brock Lesnar jokes at the end of this episode and forcing these guys to listen to him. Then we're off on April 18th. Then we're April 25th. We're reviewing the first ever backlash. That was Stone Cold Steve Austin versus The Rock for both the WWE Championship and the Smoking Skull Championship. May 2nd, the roast of Michael Cole. Uh, May 9th, WrestleMania Backlash 2022. Uh, May 16th, we're off. May 23rd, our summer blockbuster movie special. We're going to be <laughs> reviewing the... COVID-19 Invasion movie starring Kevin Nash. And May 30th, we're going to be roasting Enzo. So uh, a lot oh, of... Fun, lot fun of... peel back of the curtain here. I didn't know any of this until now while they're Me recording either. live. So yeah. I can't call bullshit on it because we're... We, it's already taped. It's already out there. So I guess <laughs> I'm watching Well, we had, Kevin we had talked about the COVID-19 movie before. I forget who had sent that trailer. I think it was Mike. So I blame Mike. Um, this could be the worst... This could be the worst movie we've ever... I mean, it was shot in high school over the summer. That's all you have to say. I, no, I haven't no, heard man. of this. I, I, man, did, does COVID bring him to his knees? Because most things do. <laughs> uh, but it's going to be it's going to be a blast. I mean, and, and the roasts were personally uh, picked by the podcast and, and Mike Lawrence, our head roast. Yeah, master. yeah. When we were on the live show, someone was like, you guys got to roast Enzo. And we were like, yeah, he is yeah, a piece no, of shit. That's going to be so, awesome. I'm looking forward to that. Oh, and just a just a housekeeping note uh, for for those of you who are on the Patreon. In addition to the roast of Brock Lesnar, it's going to be Mike Scott and I doing Dynamite or Dud without Dad or Dan being there to referee. <laughs> so it's going to be a bloodbath. Three men enter, and uh, I mean, all three will probably leave because it's fucking wrestling, and who cares? But it's going to be fun to listen to. Do you know? Do you know what one of the main matches is tomorrow? I th- is it's oh, Adam yes. Cole versus Christian. It's like this feels like that Beavis and Butthead episode where they can't laugh, and then it's Sex Education Week. Like this is this is so hard for me. I mean, because it's also I was like I was so fucking happy. I'm like, man, we don't have to review Dynamite on the main show this week. Woo! woo, 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 woo. And then it's like, no, we're doing it Saturday. <laughs> Well, Dude. I actually am going to be missing. What's your over under on me trying to sneak in dynamite while I'm on my honeymoon? You think I'll do it? Yeah, we're not. We're, we're not going to let you. We you <laughs> you can watch it. We will not let you record. Uh, uh, yeah, well, I'm not going to record. But um, let's get to the bright side of Roman Reigns. Me and Robert are probably the biggest Roman Reigns fans on the podcast. Robert, why don't you start it off? Um, I'm the biggest fan of Roman Reigns. Since his return, uh, that is the asterisk. Well, that's I will me put too. There. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Roman Reigns and, and is the one Shield. Of the, I mean, he was great in the Shield too. The Shield. Uh, are you doing the bright side, Dan? No, do no, you no, want no, to? I, mean, I tell you what. You 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 step right. over here. You do the bright side. <laughs> uh, no. Um. I uh, Roman Reigns is one of the best reasons why, when you are a pro wrestler, they say it takes a long time for you to find your voice and find your character. There are plenty of wrestlers out there, whether it was it was Steve Austin or it was Edge. They needed the the right situation, the right circumstances in order for them to show who they are. Uh, like Cody Rhodes on Raw this week was the first time palatable in, I don't know, six years. So uh, I don't know what it was, but uh, 
Anyway, Roman his Reigns. His first AEW promos were pretty good. His first Nothing AEW good. promos were very good. I'm just being a dick because it's AEW and people think I hate the product, even though most of my friends work there. Uh, but that's besides the point. The, the The fact of the matter is. Robert um, has very few friends. Everyone. I have very few friends left thanks to this podcast. It is it is great. I don't have to worry about. I'm going to have a very sparsely attended. Has anybody cut funeral. you out because of this podcast? No. Uh, well, no. I think we're okay. good so far. Right. Uh, yeah, he's, Drew's- he's been able to control his loneliness. <laughs> yes, I've been able to control my narrative of my loneliness. But uh, no, Roman Reigns is is fantastic as a guy that was plucked uh, as a as a football player. Yes, he comes from a wrestling family, but it wasn't like he had an extensive amateur background. It wasn't like he wrestled on the indies. He is a homegrown, home built WWE star. And he's someone who went through every iteration of what it is to be a WWE superstar. Uh, he was miscast a few times in FCW and, and ultimately brought up in the shield. And the shield was a phenomenon because everything else on raw at that point was super stale. So completely the opposite of what you have now in 2022. Um, but they were allowed to look dominant. They were allowed to look unique and different. And then they separated Roman. And it's not his fault that he was pushed the way that he was pushed. And he did the best that he could based on the skill set that he had. He has a main event look. He has a star charisma to him. The problem is the audience knew this guy is a heel. And it's not a heel in that, like, he should be a bad guy. It's he doesn't come across as someone who can be genuine. And you're, when he talks, it's it feels inauthentic. In the same way when Charlotte Flair is a babyface, you don't ever buy it. There are certain people who just, they have a cockiness to them. And when you amplify that and you put that out there, people love it. What Roman Reigns' biggest failing was, is, was there was a lack of sincerity for a long time in his promos. And then his in-ring stuff was stilted because it was, you have to do this move and this move and this move because that's what worked for John Cena. That's what worked for Hulk Hogan. Uh, when he took time off, uh, which was great uh, that he took time off, not, not because of the leukemia piece, but because of the COVID piece, that he was doing what was best for his health and showed he's someone who understands how this business works and that you have to prioritize your family. But since coming back, since partnering with Heyman, he was able to find his voice and has completely turned it around. His matches, with a couple of exceptions that we may get to in a little bit, have been spectacular. His promos are great. His presence is there. He is as fully put together a pro wrestler as there has been in the last 35 years and warrants being the top star of the industry that they always thought he was going to be. Yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't have said it any better. Um, just some kayfabe accomplishment. He was, uh, for, as football in football, he was an NCAA first team All American. He won the SB Award for Best Moment. That's when he announced his leukemia. CBS Feud of the Year, Pro Wrestling Illustrated Comeback of the Year, Inspirational Rest of the Year, number one of the PWI Top 500 Tag Team of the Year, Most Improved, Sports Illustrated Wrestler of the Year, Wrestling Observer, Most Improved, and Tag Team of the Year um and box office draw i believe um head of the table is is probably the best wb gimmick since they've had since brian danielson's babyface run for sure i mean you could say why but they kind of screwed the pooch on that um he seems like a genuinely good guy i heard mostly positive stuff about him backstage WWE was a four-time WWE champion, two-time Universal champion, Intercontinental champion, United States champion, WWE tag team champion, a Royal Rumble winner, and most impressively, a six-time WrestleMania main 
eventer. Uh, he's had terrific matches, man. I mean, like, even though, like, people don't think of Roman as, like, the great matches. I mean, in The Shield, his matches with Hell No, his matches with the Wyatt family, the Rhodes brothers. He had a great match with Brock at the first WrestleMania, not so much the next two, with Brian and Edge at Mania. Great matches with Danielson in general, Jay Uso, Cesaro, Kevin Owens, Drew at Survivor Series, although the other ones have been a little missed. Four-way at SummerSlam is awesome. Five-way Extreme Rules is awesome. Seth at the Royal Rumble. New Day at Survivor Series. He got the best matches of Braun Strowman. Honestly, got some of the best matches at a big show when he wasn't a tag team with Chris Jericho great feud with AJ Styles after 32 uh good matches with Cena although you know I'm sure we'll disagree about that uh I think Roman Reigns is one of the reasons that I I loved like I liked Smackdown more than Dynamite for a year now now I I, I think Dynamite's the stronger show uh, so, and I did not like Roman back. I really did not like how he was presented. I, I really thought, I thought he kind of sucked after the shield. And, you know, I, I think I even said that on the ringer a couple times and, and man, he, uh, this was one of those situations where, okay, like WWE, um, a lot of the times the guys they get behind, um, were like, you're wrong. We're right. And this was one of the few situations where they were right, ended up being right, and we ended up being wrong. Um, this is like the opposite of a Von Wagner. Even, even if you look at his early stuff, like there's always something there. Um, yeah, man, I'm I'm excited that Roman is going to be on top. I, I think that you know the the future is bright with with either a possible Cody or Rock feud, and uh, you know he's beautiful. The man is beautiful. The man has. A pristine body. He's a Greek god. It's like Michelangelo's David. Mike, what do you have to say positive about Roman Reigns? Yeah, man. I mean, yeah, the homegrown aspect of it. They they built him. He's never been anywhere else. I mean, I think the Shield is one of the best stables ever. I don't. I don't think they're as epic as they want them to be, just because of recency in terms of like whenever they would reunite and like look how big this is, but. I think, you know, coming up, it was a brilliant combination of three guys. And, and I definitely think that Roman was used effectively and very well in terms of like, well, this guy talks and this guy whines. And who the fuck's that silent dude in the back? He's cool. You know, <laughs> like I, in, in some ways, I think he, they, they built a better diesel, you know, just this fucking mm-hmm. menacing dude in the back that, um, you know, it gets the hot tag and those, you know, those, 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 those Wyatt matches. Yeah. The, the one with uh team hell no. And, and uh, who was it? And Ryback. <laughs> yeah, I know it's, it's yeah, amazing. Yeah. They work around Ryback, all five of those guys, you know, and, and you look at like the, 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 the Royal rumble 2014 and, and that was like a rumble 94 diesel moment for him of like, Oh, this guy's fucking amazing. And, you know the the fans really wanted Brian. They uh, they kind of wanted Punk. That was Punk's last match, but you know they were willing to settle for Roman. Then they were like, "Yeah, we're happy with Roman." Uh, Batista, no, we want Roman because <laughs> Roman came off like such a fucking uh, alpha in that match. It, it was really well booked. Um, I think the 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 actual guy himself. I remember there was this commercial that they would air about um reading where it's him and his daughter and he's reading with his daughter and i think they had like a print campaign and 
he comes off like such a genuine dude. It was like, I would watch that commercial and be like, let's see this baby face. Like, let's see this guy with a kid who is, you know, he doesn't have to bring the kid everywhere. Don't go. Yeah, one of the few wrestlers you want around a kid. That's a bright side. But, so, but, Mike, you know, they, but, they but did the kind of use that, though, because it was one of the best moments they did was with Bray, Bray Wyatt, right? Yeah. Yes, took all those pictures and like put them up in a room of him posing, like doing a tea party with his daughter and cutting the eyes out of his kid. Like it was creepy and it was it made him compelling. So they stopped doing it. Yeah, because it is it is like interesting. And then, I mean, look, I think that the, the reinvention has worked, you know, it, it, and I, I do think some of it was the help of the Thunderdome not having an audience try to hijack it, but like here we are going to present him as this dominant guy. But the truth is, when fans came back, they still could have done whatever the fuck they wanted to with it, but they accepted it. Like they watched it on TV in front of no audiences and and bought it. And I, I do think he's very believable. I think that he's helped elevate the Usos. I think, you know, him with Heyman, it is like a main event package. It's like, look, like I, I have my own opinions and I, I can't wait to share them in joke form. But uh, <laughs> at the same time, you know, guy looks like a main eventer, feels like a main eventer. You know, when you see, uh, you know, the end of this WrestleMania and he's got the two belts, like that's a big fucking moment. Obviously, on a, on a personal level with this WrestleMania, you know, the, the clear injury that the guy suffered through and powered through to finish the fucking match is pretty amazing. I mean, we saw him fucking put his shoulder back on camera. Like, that's nuts. Is that uh, real? That was real? It felt real to me. I, 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 I've, I From what I've heard from people, that was, that was authentic. Wow, yeah. that's pretty badass, man. Yeah, I mean, look, it's like, I'll, I'll, if, if I'm worked, I'm worked. Uh, and I don't care if I'm worked. Uh, it was really like, oh shit, that's impressive. And uh, yeah, man, you know, he's yeah, he's a dude who was like, when um, I went to Raw, you know, you know, I, I went with my wife and uh, we double dated with another couple. And I don't think she would have gone if it wasn't for Roman. <laughs> she, you know, she thought it was a good hot dude, you know. Um, yeah, my wife is like, that guy's like genuinely hot, not just wrestling hot. She thinks yes. him and CM Bunk are genuinely hot. Yeah, you know, there's the there's the the Momoa comparison, which is kind of fitting because they both became famous around the same time, but they do have this like rebellious, like wild man charm to them. And I mean you know, lastly, I'll say it's like you look at the, the lineage of the Anawai family and he has moved it in his own direction. He's not The Rock. He's not Yokozuna or Rikishi or his, you know, dad's tag team. He's his own Lots fucking dude. And yeah. I think that, uh, you know, 20 years from now when they still can't build new stars, they're going to rely on him to come back. <laughs> Very possible. Very possible. Well, Scott hasn't come in yet. Should we wait for Scott's jokes at the end? Have him do one of the because since I'm doing the Brock jokes at the end. Well, let, well, let's just with the Brock jokes. Let's just record those different, and we'll put those into the next episode. Oh, all right. Yeah, I think that's the way to do it. All right, sounds good. All right, so if you want my my Brock jokes, false advertising, guys. I'm gonna pull a WWE, give you some false advertising. You're gonna <laughs> you're gonna get it on our Patreon at the very end of the. At the very end of the podcast, so we promised you Brock and gave you Ezekiel. 
should we um i mean should we should we start with the roast or oh whoops scott's here holy shit oh the last second running oh 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 he's almost in folks this is uh like waiting for Cody's entrance, you know? If someone just walked into the room right now and they heard Dan just say, he's almost in. Please reassure them. Uh, it's not that kind of show. <laughs> oh, well, I'm also getting fucked in the ass while we record this, so. Here is Scott. Scott is here. Say AEW's battle call you a queer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. Um, yeah, so we'll, uh, Scott, do you, uh, Scott's still connected to the audio, but we'll see, uh, we're still vamping. This is, this is professional audio at its fine. This is what happens when Zach's not on, by the way. Uh, our producer Zach was unable to join for this recording and that's why the wheels have fallen off this show completely. Zach, we love you and miss you. And we know you're not really listening to the show. You're not going to hear this. In in honor of WrestleMania 38, we are stalling for time. We are stretching. (laughs) Yeah. Do we have a package of our, of our old shows that we can put in? We're going to do a video package of the roast of Minoru Suzuki since it was so popular then. (laughs) <laughs> people are clamoring for more <laughs> that and greg valentine man scotty are you uh you on we just see the camera oh there he is yo yeah we've been going man what what's your bright side of roman um oh god i mean i do think he's great you know at uh you know what he does <laughs> <laughs> pretend yeah, tony conscious signed him What's your bright side of Roman? <laughs> oh man, I think he like I mean he looks better than almost anybody, you know, uh in like a pro wrestling ring. He looks extremely appealing. He did from day 1. He was a great muscle in a team that was like used as a muscle, you know? Like he was uh he was excellent in the Shield and the Shield is is one of the top groups that I got to see like in my lifetime, um, they were something really special and fun and cool. And they had banger ass matches. And he seems uh, like a really good guy. And, uh, and now, you know, the matches, he seems like he really gives a shit and, 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 and holds tight to whatever, you know, control he has or whatever paint, you know, him and Heyman's vision is, uh, yeah 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 i don't know he's like uh, you know he's a really great looking guy and um they tried to make him a star for a long long time and he is definitely a star now uh one of their biggest ever nice little bright side guys i will be doing one brock lesnar joke in the end of the road since i did promise it it won't be false to, to advertise for a brock lesnar joke okay we got to get to the roast of roman reigns Mike, dealer's choice. I'm going to go first on this one. Okay. All right. Uh, Today, we're roasting Roman Reigns, who is proof that if at first you don't succeed, just don't build any other stars, and eventually fans will say, (laughs) I guess I like him. Wow, his teeth are so shiny now. (laughs) (laughs) Vince McMahon tells wrestlers they have to reach for the brass ring. Unless you're Roman Reigns, then he just hands it to you when you can't reach for it based on your own charisma (laughs) he's now defeated brock lesnar at wrestlemania twice and yet the biggest pop he's gotten was from his own shoulder (laughs) he looks like the werewolf that fucks all the other werewolves wives (laughs) 
His hair is so wet and greasy, you'd think it was something you'd have to pay to see on Sonny's OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> there are more illegal chemicals in his hair than an Uso breathalyzer test. <laughs> when it comes to the Usos, Roman is at the head of the table and also, hopefully, the front of the driver's seat. <laughs> <laughs> he wrestles like a video game character. Specifically an NES one because you can do all of his moves with just two buttons. Press A for spear, B for Superman punch. Now go out and have a 30-minute match. <laughs> Some people say every match of his is the same, and I disagree. Some are way more boring than others. <laughs> you can actually have great matches when Edge and Danielson are also in the ring and forget that he's there. <laughs> He has even less moves than Jim Ross when he hits on a Waffle House waitress. <laughs> I don't mean to sound immature, but can I put some barbecue sauce on your butthole? <laughs> I could tell Mike was debating that act out. I'm glad he went through with it. Yeah. Rock, Triple H, and Undertaker all did the job for him, but nothing worked until leukemia put him over. Oh, Jesus Christ. While he was sick. The Rock put him in Hobbs and Shaw. Rock would later say, you know, it's nice being able to support my cousin without having to get booed out of an arena. <laughs> his first feud when he came back was with Drew McIntyre because both his cancer and his push were still in remission. The doctor said, thankfully, you're going to be okay. The cancer didn't want to hurt or kill you. It just wanted to be acknowledged. Guys, it's okay if I'm hard on him. He'll just no-sell whatever I'm saying, call himself the tribal chief, and Dan will act like it's exciting and new. <laughs> and besides, I'm just joking about leukemia. It's not like I'm really crossing the line and making fun of a serious disease like alopecia. <laughs> By the way, leukemia and alopecia sound like they're going to be new stars on NXT 2.0. <laughs> <laughs> the cat, it's a it's a new tag team the natural causes <laughs> eventually vince turned him heel and it worked and vince was relieved wow and here i thought i was the only one who hated him for getting sick i'm glad everyone else does too <laughs> yeah but really vince has always been there for roman when roman's brother rosie passed away Vince covered funeral expenses by giving him a mid-card superhero gimmick so that he'd already be buried before he passed away. Oh, <laughs> Finally, I'm genuinely thankful Roman recovered. Although, if he passed, I'd be interested to see how Dana Warrior mispronounces his name at the Hall of Fame. Please give a moment of silence for my dear friend, Choman Veins. <laughs> Chodman, Chodman. That's it for me. Oh, that's great. Mike Ward's everybody. Who's up next, Mike? Um, Dan and God, I hope I'm not the only one who made jokes about his disease. <laughs> I, I, I tell you what I did, but not as hard. Uh, Roman Reigns, the patron saint of drunk driving. Uh, before Roman, the only needle mover in WWE was Dr. Zahorian. <laughs> we were shocked when we heard Roman had leukemia, and even more shocked when we found out Adam Cole didn't. <laughs> in, in ring, the shield was Seth, Ambrose, and Roman, but outside it, it was the Usos protecting Roman from his Twitter mentions. <laughs> oh, yeah, man, you're their favorite. 
This is a hard roast for me. When it comes to Roman, the only thing I want to roast are those buns. Am I right? He's so fucking hot. <laughs> he main evented WrestleMania with Brock three times, and nobody can forget that incredible performance from Seth Rollins. His, <laughs> his infamous Suffer and Succotash promo is in our show's signature, though I do think Lonnie Poffa would have made it work. Everyone says my gimmick's trash, so then I say suffering succotash. <laughs> <laughs> Him and his cousin Dwayne Johnson are so similar. They're Samoan. They failed at Canadian football. Did I mention they're Samoan? Thank God they changed Roman's gimmick. Every time Cole said, here comes the big dog, we asked, where's Michael Vick? The tribal chief is what the fattest guy calls himself at the Rainforest Cafe. The tribal chief is about to go on an awesome appetizer adventure. Call fart, call fart, fart. <laughs> he carried Taker at WrestleMania, not during the match. Mark couldn't go to the bathroom by himself. The difference between The Undertaker and Roman's yard is a passed out Jey Uso. Uh, if it's in Roman's, it's, it's, a, it's a not moving Brian Lee. Uh, Rowan, Roman's a heel with white meat baby teeth. His hair is so greasy. <laughs> Dino Bravo thought it was his mom's pussy. His mom's <laughs> pussy. Smoke on that, you dead fuck. Yeah. The only thing uh, lamer than the Superman punch would be Lex Luthor Reigns. Uh. I'm not saying it took Roman forever to get over, but he's the first guy to make the crowd chant, thank you, Seamus. <laughs> the guy has big plans for Hollywood, but it's not a great sign when your cousin doesn't think you can handle the complex dialogue of Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> now that Roman looks this sexy without a shirt, can he donate his chest plate to Chris Jericho? Or does Danny Garcia have to keep waking up early to milk him? <laughs> I thought the wrong Missy was what you say after getting drunk and fucking Missy Hyatt. Oh no, I fucked the wrong Missy. Gotta give me a spot now, Oli. And that's it. Oh, <laughs> Uh, that was great. Uh, Scott, you go next, buddy. I needed a oh, recovery after Linda. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, here we go. Roman Reigns. Uh, he's half Italian, which is why after a match, you forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. He's half Samoan and half Italian. He grew up calling his grandma. Mama Maya Villa. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. 50% awesome. Samoan, 50% Italian. And what makes him entertaining is 100% Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> they called him the big dog because, like them, he's more inclined to have health issues. <laughs> Loving the WWE universe and having leukemia. What are you, fucking seven? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh Roman God. reigns during a creative drought. Uh, Roman. Yeah, Roman through the fridge while his match is on. <laughs> his matches are such a drag, I confuse them with New Jack's kid. <laughs> I think his family tree was grown on a McMahon plantation. <laughs> he wore a bulletproof vest because he couldn't win in a shoot. That's dumb. He bites his lip when he flirts. 
his entrance lasts longer than the exciting parts of his match. Johnny Knoxville had a longer Mania match than him. Yeah, but Roman had match of the night. Johnny Knoxville had match of the night. <laughs> okay, but Roman got pop of the night. A 78-year-old man taking his shirt off got pop of the night. <laughs> Including himself, his tribe is made up of five members, a, per- a person for each move he knows. Um, his finishing moves are also his beginning moves and middle moves. One time, Michael PSA tried his PSAs tried his ring gear on backstage. And everyone thought he was Dog the Bounty Hunter's wife. <laughs> His matches have worse finishes than the Boston Marathon. Oh. His matches have more hiccups than his cousin's joyrides. Oh, no, not as hell, but. <laughs> A Roman match. I'd rather watch paint dry. Oh, no, the paint is on Jeff Hardy's face. <laughs> what deal have I made? Roman wins the coloring contest. They decided after giving Roman all the crayons and handing the other children hardened shit. <laughs> you know, Roman's not a party because a Jew made him better. And finally... <laughs> When it Roman reigns, Jay Uso pours a gallon of vodka into a Gatorade bottle. There's no <laughs> gallon of vodkas, are there? That's not a thing. That is a thing, but very good, Scott. Oh, it's time for Mr. Carpolis, the talent, right. Car- the marvelous Mr. Carpolis. There we go. The great thing about Roman Reigns is that since Vince McMahon doesn't fully understand Samoan culture, he named Roman's finishing moves after two different kinds of racist stereotypes, the spear and the drive-by. <laughs> Babyface Roman Reigns was rammed down people's throats so hard they now know how Brooklyn Brawler felt after meeting with Pat Patterson. <laughs> Roman Reigns has headlined six WrestleManias because he's not good enough to make it in Hollywood. <laughs> Roman comes from the Anawai family, as in I Anawai know why he got pushed. It's <laughs> <laughs> my Scott joke. I will say this: despite all of his success, he never got a big head, mainly because his father was a head shrinker. <laughs> in the Canadian Football League, Roman was an Edmonton Eskimo, not to be confused with the Edmonton Eskimo brother, which is when you fuck someone who also fucked Chris Jericho. <laughs> Roman was on the practice squad for Jacksonville. Picturing him in a Jaguars jersey is the only way Tony Khan can come. (laughs) Picturing him without the jersey is the only way Dan can come. Have fun in your honeymoon, Dan. (laughs) Roman Reigns has headlined six WrestleManias, CM Punk says, drinking his fifth Pepsi of the day. (laughs) Roman majored in management at Georgia Tech, which makes you wonder why he needs Paul Heyman. I'm joking, of course. Heyman isn't his manager. He's a special counsel because Vince just assumes all Jews are lawyers. (laughs) He once had the most superstar eliminations in Royal Rumble history, but that record was broken by heart disease. (laughs) During his babyface run, Roman was forced on so many fans, it's amazing he wasn't me too He is currently known as the tribal chief, but sadly not the kind that can open a casino. (laughs) 
Everyone remembers when Roman Reigns announced his leukemia diagnosis right before Crown Jewel, and everyone had the same heartwarming thought. That man did not want to fly to Saudi Arabia. (laughs) I'm joking. The Saudis love him. He's the head of the table, while the Saudi royal family tends to leave severed heads on theirs. (laughs) And before you think I'm implying Roman is anti-Muslim, he used that same diagnosis to get out of a match with Goldberg. (laughs) Despite Roman's leukemia diagnosis, they still pushed him because they'd rather deal with a blood cancer than a locker room cancer. (laughs) At the start of his FCW career, he wrestled as Roman Leakey, which sounds like a gladiator with an incontinence problem, (laughs) which of course was carrying Cross's gimmick. Control (laughs) your narrative, control your bladder. Roman, of course, was a successful member of the Shield. Fans loved his intensity, but most were just happy to see a person of color wearing a vest and not playing a manservant. (laughs) Roman Reigns considers Bret Hart his wrestling idol. When Bret Hart heard that, he said Bret Hart is also his wrestling idol. (laughs) Finally, Roman appeared on the Nickelodeon sitcom Cousins for Life, which is the same thing Jimmy and Jay Uso drunkenly text him after they plowed into a telephone pole. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the rest of our ways. That was a good one. Another bright side of Roman is he did... Yeah, that was enjoyable. Like in in me in like media interviews before the WrestleMania um, 36, the one that he uh, couldn't do because of the leukemia and COVID stuff, he did. He was like, "Who do you want to face at WrestleMania?" And he's like, uh, "The Fiend, please, the Fiend." <laughs> like, he like put over Bray. They went with the gold. They went with Goldberg anyway because they won Spear versus Spear. But whatever. Let's get to our WrestleMania 38 review. Uh, we'll start out with the opening. The America the Beautiful by Brantley Gilbert. First time I've heard him. Uh, man, I will say this. They mentioned, like, with this crowd camera shot, they they captured the weirdest looking dudes I've seen at a WrestleMania. It was like fucking Beetlejuice's waiting room. I mean, you got to go back and check it out. Um, but Brantley Gilbert opens with a song. Then we get Uncharted's Mark Wahlberg, who does the kind of UFC intro, but pop you know uh building everybody up we have the cowboy cheer- cheerleaders come out they also come out night two i know mike wasn't into it but mike is right they should be using it for night two mike we'll get into that pat's uh, jacket i thought was awesome yeah man i was excited from this opening uh what did you guys think of it just chime in whatever i guess they okay, got because yes. john cena was unavailable <laughs> <laughs> i would love if he's too expensive <laughs> what did we think I about think the that, america the beautiful compared i mean obviously it wasn't aretha franklin but i think i've heard worse no i mean this whole thing was fine it's just it, it's going to be you know a thing of this is, if you look at this as one show and not two nights it's eight hours long and even two four hour shows seems too much and both nights the bell doesn't ring for the first match until like 20 minutes in. And so when you're just watching it and it's this thing and then that thing, and then that thing, it just, I don't know, man. I I feel like there were certain things that we saw twice uh, that we didn't need to see twice. And yeah, I, I said on Saturday, I'm like, you don't need the cheerleaders to come out on their own, have them come out with someone's entrance. And then when they came out with McAfee, I'm like, yeah, there you go. Then now, now you've saved two minutes. You know, there's so many ways I think we all could, you know, put our time management hats on and trim this thing the fuck down to one digestible 
great, incredible four-hour show out of the eight-hour slog that it was. So Mike Lawrence, who hates America, doesn't want us to sing America the Beautiful two nights in a row. No, you did it once. Fuck it. And the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders are iconic, and they probably got a discount uh, for the stadium by using them. So that was that was most just, likely what just, happened. They're just glad to be uh, away from Jerry Jones. Yeah, because Vince is way better. <laughs> um, you know, I look, I, I I accept it in the sense that, like, you know, like you watch good. I mean, when, when you're an NFL fan, you know that like the playoffs are going to be fun and the Super Bowl is going to be for everybody, and it's just a chance for like companies to make money and you take with what you can get. So I, I, I do understand it. Do I think that they went way too heavy on the video packages? Absolutely. I don't think there's any, anybody in their right mind would disagree with that. I heard it was two and a half hours of video packages and entrances. Oh my God. In the first, wow. Night one, it was 97 minutes of wrestling. Well, the I'm okay with the entrances being long because it's WrestleMania, yeah. but oh yeah, I don't I don't mind that at all. So so part of the problem with the video packages, I know uh, we talked about this in our, our our text group together, is because of the stupid multi-tier peacock situation. There are people who get it with commercials and people who get it without commercials. So if you were watching this show with the 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 commercial uh, the lowest tier possible or the free tier or whatever it is you got commercials and they can't just stop the show. So they had to plug it in with, with video packages. And the, the thing about WrestleMania that's the most challenging when you're working there is you spend m- so much more time working on video package res- WrestleMania week than any other point in time during the year. I was talking to the, the, the head of audio there who mixes all these packages. He was working on Friday until three o'clock in the morning. He went home for three hours. He came back Saturday at six o'clock in the morning to start mixing even more packages. And what sucks about this is you put in all of this time and all of this effort for something that most people don't really want to watch. They Video packages serve a purpose of telling you what the story is. That's fine before a match. But having to recap, the promoting the matches of the next day or individual superstar packages or any of this other nonsense that's there to kind of fluff out the show makes it interminable and it makes you want to fast forward, but they still can't seem to sort out this Peacock relationship because it's either give everybody the show without the commercials or only put this on the higher tier. Like there, there has to be a way to figure this out and fix it because they did not have this issue when it was on WWE network. I will say this, though, it does make it feel like a big sporting event because every big sporting event is flooded with goddamn commercials and shit and timeouts yeah, and this and that. And Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, I, I will get WrestleMania kind of like it's, you know, it's it's almost like the like South by Southwest. You know what I mean? It's like half a concert, but half concession stands and promoting new products um, and better when you're on mushrooms. Yeah, also, but also they do this for all of their presentations, you know, like the wrestling never starts at a decent time, you know, like it, it, there, and and I only say this like, and, and I'm just getting it out of the way now because it was my biggest issue over the weekend. I thought this was a very good WrestleMania overall, and I have lots of positives to say. I just have to also say, watching it live at times was a drag because it was so much longer than it needed to be. Well, you know what I think also would have helped it, Mike, is it had the same lighting as SmackDown the whole weekend. So 
when a when a match wasn't great, it just felt like we were watching SmackDown. There were great there were great matches or great spectacles, depending on how you want to look at it. I mean, there wasn't like there wasn't the work rate of like the FTR, um, the uh, FTR Briscoes match, but you know, there's a lot of fun stuff. Um, our and first. It- yeah, I was going to say, it feeling like a regular SmackDown leads us to our first match. <laughs> yeah. Well, this, you know, like, I really hated this match until I found out there's an injury, and now I just don't blame anybody now. It's it's knocking Rick Boogs versus the Usos. At the beginning, it was just a Mike, Mike's Hard Lemonade commercial. Both, like, Rick Boogs and Knock are, like, coordinated with the, with the Harder Farmer, and they're playing music. Mike Hard's Lemonade is on the... Uh, is on the uh, what's it called stereo box or whatever i'm not a musician i forget fucking amp the amp the guitar amp uh usos had some cool gear it just felt like a regular smackdown obviously boogs tours his tears his quad at the end they kind of got to finish with the 1d which is just the 3d um yeah what's the story behind that why is it called a 1d if it's day one i think it's what we the ones or something oh okay okay Yeah, yeah, yeah something like that but I mean, I look, I mean, I feel weird even commenting on this match because I'm like, yeah, it wasn't good, but it's like, what are they supposed to fucking do? You know, well, no, uh, I, I will say this. It made sense to open the show with it. It was not going to be even barring the injury. It was not going to be the best match on the show. However, the Rick Boogs entrance of playing Nakamura's theme is super over. If you watch SmackDown, that is one of the things that gets the biggest reaction. And the second biggest reaction from that comes from Pat McAfee dancing to the Nakamura and Boo's entrance because it makes it fun. It feels interactive. So when you have to open WrestleMania with something that's going to get a pop, you absolutely open with, with this match. And the Usos are a name. It's opening with a title match. It, it did make sense. Obviously, this was supposed to be like a 15, 16-minute match that went seven minutes. They, they did the best that they could, all things considered. Uh, I also am apparently the only person on the planet that did not know about this Mike's Hard Lemonade Farmer guy. I thought it was jacked either. up William H. Macy, and I was really confused. And I'm like, this guy's awesome. And then I found that it was a plant. And he looked like uh, Gavin McGinnis with HGH. I I think that they should have opened with Becky and Bianca because it was epic. I mean, the match was great. The entrances were fucking great because the th- and and there was like a good story. This even if this went the length, I mean, I'm not gonna comment. The, the injury sucks. Like nobody wants that, and I and I feel bad the guy got hurt, but it didn't have any stakes anyway. It didn't feel like a special match, regardless. Mike, these are the SmackDown tag titles they are incredibly prestigious there's the usos there's nakamura and boogs there's the usos like this is a stacked division well, let's move on to our second match <laughs> happy corbin versus drew mcintyre yeah robert keep that fake enthusiasm for this one motherfucker by all means <laughs> uh, the, the, the highlight the story of this match is that nobody's kicked out of the end of days before drew kicked out of the end of the days and you know the match Drew tried, but it wasn't it wasn't a good match. I mean, he broke and at the end of it. He just destroys the ring with a sword, which is so you saw weird. the sword bent like uh... <laughs> end of end of days could describe anyone in this match's time in the company. <laughs> yeah, Scott, um, Scott, what were you uh, looking at on your phone during this match? <laughs> oh, OK. So so I was at night two of a bachelor party during WrestleMania night one. Wait, bachelor parties don't have two nights. It's not. Stupendous. Oh, yeah. You know, you do a whole weekend now, you know, and uh, 
and they were they were pooped uh some of them were like passed out sleeping and so you know they were like playing beer pong and stuff while wrestlemania was on the back in the background so i got to watch all of wrestlemania with guys who don't watch it don't enjoy it they thought the happy corbin storyline was funny not funny like oh my god that's like genius funny like holy shit did you hear that how stupid right but they enjoyed it they did enjoy it they thought Drew McIntyre was extremely embarrassing. They thought the sword, you know, they said the same thing everybody says, which is like, if you have a sword, you got to use a sword and on a person, not on an item. So, yeah, they just they thought this match was lame. And, and, I, and I thought it was, too. And, and me knowing what was going on, I, I was just like, oh, that sucks for Drew because it is the first mania that feels like covid free. And uh and it, it's, it's just a bummer. Do you guys think that the third rope went into business for itself and, <laughs> and chose the no-sell? Yeah, the, the third rope was Austin Aries at the end of an Impact pay-per-view. It was, it was, dude, it was so funny because it was that whole thing. I, I remember I once got in an argument with a guy. It was like a very intense argument. And he slammed the door, but it was the wrong door. And then he had to walk past me again. And he was oh, like, I didn't mean to do that. Like Fucking hilarious that's what this felt like it was like it was like so lame where i almost i almost wanted him to start stomping on the third rope and be like and stay down uh you know what they would have saved it if he did it and he was like he's like haven't done that since i did it to the demon finn balor and that's the reason that rope broke you know like drew was just trying to fix stories guys or or if he cut two of the three ropes and it said angela never have fully believed in me and then just started crying (laughs) hey and you know what's crazy the uh the what's his finisher called bro okay what is it come on claymore claymore Claymore. i always thought that was a great looking move everybody there thought it looked so stupid at the bachelor party your friends are dumb scott (laughs) look here's the thing with this match i'm gonna i'm gonna lawyer this up and i'll make it fine uh, the story going into it, yeah, it was entertaining. The sad Corbin into happy Corbin. It was, and I've said this before, it was the best work he'd ever done. Uh, him as sad and pathetic uh, and looking homeless was great. I look forward to it again when he gets released. Uh, him out there dressed like he came from Del Boca Vista was kind of entertaining. Uh, people are like, oh, he looks like Waylon Mercy. I'm like, you keep Waylon Mercy out your fucking mouth. Uh, <laughs> that dude was awesome. This was, was gimmick. This was designed to give Drew a win. It was one of the few personal storylines going into it. This whole thing was fucked from the beginning because <laughs> this was when Jeff Hardy walked out on the company when this storyline was starting up. It was supposed to be a tag match and be done. So you already lost, you know, you were left lost Jeff Hardy and you were stuck in this two-on-one thing. Then Drew got hurt and wasn't even supposed to be here for Mania. So he rehabbed to get there to get his personal win. It's fine to have a personal story. It was fine to give him a win, establishing him as a babyface again. And I think, Mike, the, the reason why I disagree with, with you saying that Bianca should have opened this, this felt like an old school WrestleMania where you started with the least important and built up rather than burning out your crowd. You know, we went and watched WrestleMania three. And it worked because you started with so many kind of forgettable or different novelty matches. And so you got to something of consequence. The first match fans were just happy to be there because there was no dark match. This was, hey, I like Drew. Drew's a star. I'll cheer for Drew. I want to see Corbin lose. I didn't know that the end of days was something I had. I could have sworn people kicked out of the end of days, but I don't give a fuck enough to care. And then when he cut the ropes, all I thought was, we're going to get three video packages to take the time to fix these ropes. That sucks. Yeah, I thought that too. And and yeah, it, it, you're, you're absolutely right, Robert, where 
this match and the second match the next night both felt like Hercules versus <laughs> Billy Jack Haynes. Absolutely. I thought for sure when they cut the ropes, they were going to go back to pre-tapes. And the strange thing about this mania, no pre-tapes, because they set up a thing that I would, I'm sad Mike didn't see this, was on Raw last week, they set up double engagements, Reggie and Dana Brooke and Tamina Snuka and Tazawa all got engaged. And our truth was watching them with binoculars. I'm like, this is going to pay off at WrestleMania. And this is going to be the highlight of the show. And then it never happened. Well, you uh, had to have time for Gable Stevenson to come out and do well, nothing. We'll, we'll get to We're that. We're not there yet. Yeah. Um, uh, we, next have, uh, we next have the uh, Mysterios versus Logan Paul and uh, The Miz. There are things about this that were really fun. There are things about this that were kind of, eh. Uh, Logan Paul coming out with the rare Pokemon was just fucking great heel heat. Logan Paul was was good in the ring. People like loved Ray. I mean, I think Logan was probably just he he was allowed to do less, but he was just as good as Bad Bunny. I, the 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 reason that this the reason that this was kind of a misfire at the end is out of nowhere they have Miz hit Logan Paul with a skull crushing finale. And Logan Paul is then supposed to be the baby face, but everybody cheers the Miz. So I guess we're getting the Miz versus Logan Paul at SummerSlam, which means that either Logan Paul or the Miz are going to be a baby face. And I don't see that working. Um, what did you guys think of this match? I actually thought it was fun. This felt very WrestleMania. Logan Paul did a good job. All my friends made fun of Dominic Mysterio. They thought he was very wonky and shitty in the ring. They think Ray is still unbelievable. They can't believe uh, how great he is still. And he really is. It's, it, it's nuts how he looks. Um, did you, did you take it personally whenever they shed on Dominic's haircut? <laughs> <laughs> Was it their way of getting to say what they want to you, but about a Mexican kid? <laughs> it's Do- Dominic, looked like he was in a biopic about the runaways. <laughs> yeah man his it's just it, it's so weird how gangly he looks yeah still, still better than that cool yes i mean he does have his dad eddie guerrero's proportions and he needs to get on the gas to really look like him but uh the their outfits coming out were great dominic dressed like eddie guerrero in the uh the, the USA gear was. was oh, I loved great. that. Love, Lo- yes. love, love, Logan love. Logan Paul gear. was spectacular for what he was able to pull off in this. He looked like he looked more like a wrestler than anybody else in this match. He carried himself like a wrestler. Uh, he was great at getting heel heat. A lot of guys do that fake Eddie bullshit where they do the the three amigos or they do the, sh- the shoulder shimmy. He milked it and the audience fucking hated him and it was awesome he was a natural heel he looked like a natural athlete in there i said he looked like a more like fit jake hager in, yeah. in some of these instances uh dominic mysterio is, is well he could definitely beat big hager's ass so he looked, he looked like if the miz was a professional wrestler exactly it looked like miz was the guy playing wrestler dude jake uh, paul i don't know if you guys saw the pre-show but jake paul was uh being interviewed on the pre-show and he got more heel heat than everybody on on the show like people were like booing him and he turned around and he's like i'll fight any one of you guys it was like old school nwa shit did did jerry lawler ask you for his autograph for his girlfriend oh boy i knew that one was coming mike what did you think of this match this was awesome i mean and this this also could have opened because like like scott said this felt wrestlemania actually i would have opened with this because this is when the show 
felt like it started. You know, you had this like celebrity who was fucking game. I mean, I think that man, I, I think they went three for three on the celebrities, celebrity matches this year. And and I'm gonna concede on the Pat McAfee thing. He was fucking over, people love him, and it works. So I I apologize for saying he wasn't a celebrity last week. So I Mike, the wrong. only risk of the only risk of and I, I hate to get super wonky and it's gonna happen, but whatever. The only risk of putting this match first is you still had people filing in because they did not do a dark match and it would have looked bad because this is the thing that's gonna be on TMZ or Entertainment Tonight or wherever it is, if it doesn't look as full as it possibly can be with you people. You just need something in. more than an entrance is all. Those guys weren't that over outside of the entrance in the first match. But then that was why that match was insane to put it on WrestleMania in the first place. But yeah. you need to do something with it. And losing Cesaro, which is where they were going with the tag titles, uh, was was they needed to call an audible. And you need and at least it got Nakamura on the show. But yeah, this was the first kind of real this yes. is a great WrestleMania match. And Dan, you're absolutely right. The finish of this was so bizarre because this crowd hated Logan Paul. You could have milked this for uh, another match. And then having the Miz turn on him, they kind of planted seeds a little bit when Miz was talking shit about Cleveland and Logan Paul was like, ah, Cleveland's not so bad. But I don't think anybody really wants to see Logan Paul as a baby face beating up Miz. No, no, no. The the after match thing was terrible. And I think that, that Logan Paul... With the Pokemon thing, I, he might he might get uh, best dressed of the weekend for me because that's such a fucking it's it's so brilliant. Not a category, by the way. Yeah, I know, but it's so brilliant. Like it's it's clearly wasn't one of the writers. I heard like he does that in his boxing matches, yeah. and I feel like he belongs here more because we've already seen him against Mayweather, and you know I heard like Mayweather was like purposely asked not to knock him out because the whole thing with the Pauls and boxing is. You want to pay to see them get knocked out. Once they get knocked out, they lose all their money. So no one knocks them out. I'd rather see Logan in this setting where he can be douchey and get a comeuppance, even if it isn't real. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, next up, we have uh, – oof, this was probably the low spot for me. Um, it is. It actually was my low spot this weekend. But Stephanie McMahon coming out and introducing, introducing Gable Steveson. <sighs> I thought, like, are they trying to do the Kurt Angle thing and make him a heel? Um, it was so flat. He did the same thing he did in SummerSlam. Look, man, the guy's the greatest college heavyweight of all time. One of the greatest rest, actual amateur wrestlers of all time. It's so funny they call it amateur wrestling when it's when it's real. But uh, I do, man, do I not see it yet? And hopefully I'll be proven wrong because they need more top guys and they're clearly positioning him as the next one of the next top guys. Uh, so this was this was done again. You have to get into the mindset of a, of a seventy-something-year-old lunatic um, that people only watch WrestleMania. So Scott's douchebag friends at their bachelor party, uh, once the hangover started to wear off and they started pouring Jaeger, were probably watching wrestling for the first time ever. And they're like, oh, they got a guy who's an Olympic gold medalist. That's that's cool. You needed to introduce him on night one because he was going to be there on night two, and you didn't have an opportunity. Plus. WWE wanted to establish, we have a chief brand officer, Brandy. We don't need you. Go home. <laughs> All right. That was the best rationalization of a WWE. <laughs> Keep Brandy yeah, off TV. Done. I agree. No, uh, I, yeah, I mean, this was another one of those, like, it, it is crazy. Undertaker, Austin, Gable, Stevenson, the three people that made appearances both nights. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, man, it's bonkers to me. Uh, you know, 
But what if what if night two pays for tickets and doesn't get to see Gable Stevenson? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I see what you're saying, Robert, but like I do think that he could have just he was he I don't want to say he was better used the second night. He was used because this yeah. was nothing. I, I know what you mean of like in terms of a moment, and I would agree if this was his only appearance. I I do think that you could have set him up and done what and did what he did the second night without this. This was this was another easily uh, you know cut segment it from. Could have, oh, absolutely, could have been cut. I think the challenge is. Because you have Hunter acknowledge him on night two, you needed to establish who he was on night one. So he became Chekhov's Gable, where you're like, something's going to happen with that guy, and I want to see what it's going to be. Uh, and and he waved, and he's probably a really, really bad promo, so I wouldn't let him talk. Yeah, yeah. He Even his face cut a bad promo. Yeah, man. Scott, anything to add? No. Uh, again, I'm at a party, so all of this like time wasting feels right. It goes, oh yes, I was gonna go grab nachos. <laughs> Are oh, you yes, under a blanket? Go you sound like you're under bed. a blanket right now. No, no, he's hiding from Gable Stevenson. <laughs> Scott, are you still at the party? <laughs> <laughs> Is this better? Oh, that's yeah. great. Yeah, that's great. There you go. Yeah, no, th- I mean, this didn't do much for me, man. It's it's like. It's like his face, you know. It's just like kind of there and plain and unintimidating. And He's happened. boring, Angelo Dawkins. Yeah, yeah. He's Angelo Dawkins who forgot to take his antidepressants or something. Yeah, and even even if they say that he's Angle's kid, he's probably not going to get over. Next up, <laughs> we have Becky Lynch versus Bianca for the um, Raw Women's Championship. The entrances were fantastic. I mean, you know, say what you want about Becky's heel run. It, it probably, it, you know, ultimately, I think if you look back on it, it wasn't, didn't work. But she, I mean, she did everything in the world to put Bianca over, and and this match worked. It was a, it was an awesome moment. Um, I'm glad Bianca won. I thought after you know Monday that that Becky was going to go over since Bianca had already got her hair. Becky, you know, having her hair all cut up. I think Mike said he looked like she looked like David Bowie's widow. Um, yeah, she she just looked like a heel, and it was just a it was everything that the Charlotte and Ronda match wasn't. Uh, what did you guys think of this, Scott? Uh, I'll go first. Uh, yeah, I was madly in love with this match. I thought they looked like su- it's the only time where I go, "Whoa, superstars!" Like superstars should have glow in the dark makeup on their faces and like electric hair. And like, then I'll call you a superstar. Otherwise you're a fucking wrestler. And uh, they look like superstars. They look like superheroes. It was an awesome match. Becky worked her ass off it. At the end of the day, it made me go, uh, this heel run works for me. Dude, she looked like such a heel and she came off like such a heel and Bianca came off like such a hero. Uh, and that black eye last night on Raw. Yeah, man. I, I, yeah, I mean, she did the MJF thing. Where she kept... for me. One of the highlights, not the highlight, but one. Yeah, with the MJF thing where she kept rolling out of the ring too, which was great. Um, Robert and Mike, what do you guys think of this match? I thought this was, uh, yeah, this was, this was one of the highlights of the weekend by far. Uh, the entrances were spectacular. Becky came out and it felt like, this great ego trip, Bianca with the with the marching band, uh, Corey Graves not knowing what a marching band was was definitely a highlight. 
Um, the the match itself was physical. I mean, the guy it has was... only seen saliva concerts for the last twenty years. Hell. Is that what you call Carmelo makeout sessions? <laughs> oh, congratulations on your wedding, uh, Corey. We're very happy for you. But no, this was a great match. It was a physical match. Yeah, Becky works well as a heel. She needed to work as a heel here. Uh, it was it was good. The only thing that was really jarring was the Raw after Mania. The reaction Bianca got from that crowd should have been conquering hero who had a spectacular match. Instead, they kind of booed her, and and I said on the preview show last week, I'm like, they booed her. You they, they, booed they her? there was no babyface reaction for her when she was out there cutting that promo. It was it was very it was odd. Fun, and I yeah. said I feel like she, this is the time to potentially pivot her to being a heel. They're not going to do that, but I, I would slowly plant those seeds and then have a babyface Becky have the rematch at SummerSlam next year because there's still I think juice left in this. But I thought the match was was really special and it was a special WrestleMania match. And apparently having those moments is, is very tough sometimes edge. Yeah, man. I I think even if you cut this eight hours to one hour, this would still have a spot. Um, It was one of the best uh, work matches of the weekend. It felt important. Um, This is the level of entrance I want. I mean, you can't have it from, everybody but you want it from anyone that's even uh upper mid card and they you know what's great about this is that even uh with the, you can watch this with the sound off and you knew who these characters were and that's awesome that she comes out in like the fancy ass car and then uh, bianca comes out with the marching band i mean and look man bianca had the match with sasha last year and now she's had this match with bianca uh with uh, becky She's had two great fucking uh, WrestleMania matches. I mean, this still does not excuse the SummerSlam thing for me. Nothing ever will because they advertised Sasha when they knew they couldn't deliver it. But this did help it a little bit of it did feel like an end to that story, which was good. Um, And I feel this thing that there were stakes and, and I think it was it was one of the best in terms of. This is a pure identifiable heel and a pure identifiable baby face. And Becky's acting at the end of this when she wasn't able to beat her and was getting so frustrated was fucking next level. The the, the whole thing was a uh, was was really great. It did it did start at nine twenty five. I will admit that, but they had another women's match, so it's not Tony Khan. Next up, probably the most exciting match. You know, I think the best match of the weekend was FDR Briscoes. The most uh, crowd pleasing match was obviously Seth. It was obviously uh, Stephen and Kevin Owens. But the most exciting match, Seth versus a mystery opponent. Which uh, surprise, surprise, we were all wondering whether or not it was going to be Shane or 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 the Fiend or somebody that was going to like bum everybody out. But no, it was the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes coming out with his AEW music, coming out with his AEW gear, coming out with his AEW entrance was an incredible moment. He was, I kind of wish he took a little bit more in the beginning, um, but I think he was like really nervous about how he was going to go over, but the crowd loved it. The crowd made it great. Uh, Credit to Vince for getting out of the way. It's Seth for making Cody look fantastic because there was a couple times where Cody looked a little rusty, but um, Cody still was great during this match. I mean, everything, if you don't pay attention to like the social media stuff, which has been, you know, Cody tweeting, like wrestling is a love story and like, and you know, like uh Brandy talking about open mic night, bitch, but everything as far as this match 
And then the raw promo, I mean, it's been a total home run and he's being positioned as, as the company's top baby face. So good on him for leaving AEW. I think it worked out great for everybody. What did you guys think of this match? Uh, was the neck tattoo larger? Was it more polished? It just looked more garish for some reason. The uh, lyrics to the song were definitely clearer. Yeah. That's just their sound system, though. Yeah. Better than <laughs> AEW's. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I and, and, and the pyro uh, actually worked. So <laughs> that helped, too. Um, I, I thought, yeah, this was great. I mean, yeah, whatever happens to him, I mean, this 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 was fantasy booking come to life like in terms of this is how you're going to build somebody uh the crowd the way they reacted to him the length of the match the the quality of the match i do think this was better than most matches that he's had in AEW um and i guess you know talk about it a little bit now the the promo uh two nights later this was yeah a great start um I think that he gets in his own way a little bit as a little too self-indulgent promo wise uh, still, but it was much better than the free reign that he's completely had in AEW where he goes too far. And there was no, there was no racism, racism discussions and no burial of any talent on Monday. And that was a huge fucking (laughs) leap. And uh, I, I think, yeah, man, the guy looks like a star. It feels like, if he's openly challenging for the title, uh, I guess that he'll be a Roman contender soon. But also, I don't know if that's a great idea because I don't see him winning. I think they're going to hold off on it. But um, what did you guys think of this match? Yeah, I thought this was uh, an absolute Grand Slam situation for them. His presentation looked uh, looked great. They didn't alter it, but it just it did look uh major league in a lot of ways here cody is he's not an aew wrestler he's a wwe superstar he is in a lot of ways i was telling someone he's vince russo you can't leave him to his own devices but when he's partnered with a filtration system like wwe has who has agents that can tweak his matches who has writers who can help him with his promos He's going to be the next level star that he always needed to be. The the crowd was into him. Rollins, who has stepped up his game a lot because some of Rollins matches have been pretty bad. Uh, This this was definitely not that Cody getting great, man. I mean, he's been pretty great. But you think back like a year or two ago, there have been some Seth Rollins matches that were uh, pretty lousy, but he's gotten much, much better. Um, That's like saying AJ Styles has had underwhelming matches. How dare you? We'll get to that. Uh, and then, yes, Cody doing the dusty moves was was fantastic. Um, his promo on, on Raw on Monday nights, and Smith will just touch on it here, was the first time that WWE has had this in a very, very long time. This is a legitimate main event babyface who was coming out there with a compelling personal story that's not bullshit that's tied into wwe history i said last week when they i said when cody's coming back it's going to be about the fact that dusty never won the wwe title and how important that was to them and that's exactly the story they told they picked the billy graham match which is one of those matches that if you've never seen it it's such a weird what the fuck that it's dusty wrestling in the garden in the 70s it 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 doesn't feel like it should really exist but it does uh, Cody got emotional in the right kind of way that the crowd was into it. And this is very much the boyhood dream. 
You need somebody to go against Roman. You need somebody ultimately to unseat Roman. And since nobody is ready uh, to do that, you may as well go with Cody and try to anoint this guy and make him the baby face that he is and sell shirts because he's so much younger than you think he is. And you still can get another eight to 10 years out of this dude uh, at, a, at a top level if he stays out of his own way. And if they keep Randy on the bus and, and or just don't tell her where, where, where he is, just make make him just, just tell her he's cheating. Just that's it. Just keep her away because uh, I don't want her to, to screw this up for him. But there's really a chance here that they may get Cody right. And uh, I'm excited for what they're going to ultimately wind up potentially maybe doing until they fuck this up in like three months. You know what's amazing, Robert, is that uh, you're talking about the promo last night. He's like, and my father was announced as the winner of the title, but then they took it from him. I'm like, oh, what's the name of that? What kind of, what, what would you call a finish like that? It was a Patterson finish. You need a <laughs> towel you for that. <laughs> um, the day that that happened to my father, he said, I will book every match like this and burn a territory to the ground. Uh, I'm Scott, sorry, you, we, you. Throw it to the yeah. ground. Scott, did you uh, like this match as much as we did? Oh, I think this is technically match of the weekend. Oh, well, not match of the weekend. Match of, you know, WrestleMania, WWE. Universe. All right, Mark Madden, calm down. Um, but it is. It, it, it was no doubt. It wasn't my favorite match, but it was for sure the best. That bionic elbow moment was the shit. Uh, you know, rarely do things come closer. Yeah, the entrance ruled. Seth Rollins was unbelievable. Then the speed, you know, okay, the, 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 the promo on Raw, it was good. You know, the thing in, in AEW, when you saw his promos, you were just like, oh, my God, these are so, um, I can't believe he believes this. That's what you, like, you know, like, that's what you say. Like, you're like, I can't believe he, it's like, this is, a, this is uncomfortable, but I can't, you know, he believes it, okay. And then you watch this and you're like, he's, it's like, oh, he doesn't believe it. He's just doing it. It's a thing he's presenting it's a it's a presentation it's why he can name five people and then pause and start crying and say and dusty which is just a planned moment to cry he goes okay and then i'll cry right before i say my dad's name it's like it's and i get it and that's fine because that's what wrestling is is you take what's going on and you know you heighten it and stuff um but holy shit i thought it was just very funny and extremely cringy and that's a cody promo uh, it just felt faker this time, as opposed to me believing this guy was actually that cringe. It's just, no, the character he decided to be is that cringe. Did he feel like a star to the bachelor party crowd? Mm -hmm. uh, oh, uh, no, no, not, neither of them did. They didn't care. They thought Seth Rollins had awesome moves, but they just didn't, they didn't really give a shit. No. Well, next match, which is kind of uh, underwhelming, uh, was the, well, very underwhelming. It was Charlotte uh, Flair versus Ronda Rousey. Man, I don't know what happened. Ronda kind of missed a step for the SmackDown Women's title. So it was it was a weird thing because it was a surprising finish. It's the first time, not the first time, but one of the few times where I've been surprised but also didn't care <laughs> like i was like oh i'm just really surprised by that just pure surprise that's it nothing nothing attached with it just surprise uh charlotte and even though charlotte tapped the ref didn't see it uh ronda's distracted gets the big boot and that's it one two three they're obviously gonna keep this going until SummerSlam or the next saudi show uh yeah man i mean this was kind of a dud what did you guys think of this scott 
wasn't a dud for me just because I I wasn't thinking about this match much going into Mania. So when Charlotte won, I thought that was kind of cool. I think Charlotte having a win over her is important, especially on a thing like WrestleMania. I think if Ronda's going to stick around, a character like her needs that for anybody to give a shit and enjoy it. I'm not going to I'm not saying it's going to work, but you got to try it and that's getting a big loss. Maybe having her react the way she did in the UFC when she got a big loss. Um, Charlotte did her best. Yeah, there were some funky moments. Wait, so you wanted to cry about losing to Charlotte on Ellen? <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought that this was uh, this could have been cut in half. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, watch it in advance. Take all the botches out. Boom, ten minute match. The the moonsault moment was so just uh, t- took me out didn't just take me out of the match it took me out of the show where she like missed the moonsault and then missed it again it was just uh this whole thing was not great uh you know and, and and here's the thing right like i don't watch the weekly tv uh robert and dan you guys do but even people who watch the weekly tv are like yeah there wasn't much of a story here and then they didn't even tell much of one in the ring this was, yeah, this was, uh, you know, if, this, if the other match was like a masterpiece, this was uh, Layla Hirsch Red Velvet. You know what it felt like? It felt like that triple threat with Orton, Triple H, and Cena at 24, where you're like, I know all yeah. these people are stars, but who cares? Robert, was it the one that was like Edge, Big, Big Show, and Cena? Yeah, it felt like one of those. Robert, yeah, what do you think? it was just like an afterthought, you know, the yeah, the second to last match kind of thing. It wasn't, it wasn't like horrible. It was just, it didn't feel epic. The entrances didn't even feel epic. And I feel like Rhonda put some effort forth in her first run. I, I do love that uh, tag match with Angle and 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 uh, the the McMahon. But this, uh, and then the the mania that they uh, she made invented was like decent. Like she tried that first run. This is just for the money. I, I hope they cut bait. I how Robert again? Years of a contract do they have to have her on? Because I hope it's done soon. This, I think you're being too generous on this. This was awful. <laughs> this was my this was my least favorite match of the weekend, and I watched Rick Boog's terrorist quad. Uh, this was. <laughs> Bad going into it with with lame promos and convoluted nonsense. The match never worked. Ronda Rousey is getting paid a lot of money. She clearly was not trying in this. There's the reports that she denies that she was upset that this wasn't the main event. She supposedly walked out of the Hall of Fame. And I'm more inclined to believe that that happened than her saying it didn't happen. Uh, This match was bad. Uh, it, it sucked for how many women they have on the roster that they didn't use at all, uh, who put in better matches and deserved it. Like, a like a Dewdrop who was completely absent from this show, or Nikki Ash, who tried to make this work or Oscar, who's sitting at home doing absolutely nothing or that they let Tony storm go, who has all of this charisma and potential and would have absolutely benefited from, you know, being the underdog going in there with Charlotte. Ronda Rousey was a cash grab. And I said all along, they needed to go with the big name to lure people in. But then when you watched it, not only was there it were bad, a lot of fans in Ronda merch to, to their there, credit. There were. And the other thing is I talked to someone that um, was, is a Ronda Rousey fan is a UFC fan. And they thought this match was total bullshit. Cause they didn't believe for a second that if someone locked in a move, if Ronda locked in a move on someone, they wouldn't tap immediately. 
because that's what you've seen. And it's like that took them out of this as suspension of disbelief. They needed to protect a few of Rhonda's moves of like, we've seen her legitimately break people's arms and she's a killer, save those moves and make it feel dangerous. This felt like pretend in a way that nothing else here really did uh, a horrible miscalculation. And of course, Ric Flair said one of the best matches of all time. So they need to take away Ric Flair's phone uh, and whatever bottle he's sucking on right now and try to preserve what's left of this legacy before he drops an N-bomb. Or, or, or let him keep the phone and teach him how to use Uber on it and save some lives. Because, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I feel like it's just... This is my thing. You're right about Ronda, but what it also doesn't work, what has never worked for me is we saw her legit get annihilated in real fights twice. Not not decisions like fucking, you know, the uh, the Holly Holm was a defeat, but uh, Amanda Nunez was just a flat-out squash match, right? It was King Kong Bundy, SD Jones. And now we're supposed to believe that she goes into wwe and she's you know omnipotent I, I the one the one thing i did like about this match which was realistic was she did get pinned after a kick to the face because that is her weakness <laughs> but do you, does that ever bother you guys that like she like she me fucking... all this. it's why i never liked when wrestlers did an mma it's why i always got nervous for lashley or hager or uh what that guy with the tattoos on dynamite like I'm worried if they go in there into a cage and they get like crushed in a few seconds, you're never going to believe that they're credible. And no, I think the difference here is Ronda Rousey got beaten by credible women and no woman in the WWE is a credible fighter besides <laughs> Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. And that's it. You know what I mean? Like well, we're supposed to believe no. that the product we're paying to see doesn't have, like they're not credible within their own world. Well, Sure, but in terms of Ronda Rousey, it's like to look at her UFC career and then say she's not credible here. It's like that's absurd. She has real fighting experience. But that I think that was my point, Scott. Is that in UFC you saw if she locked on an arm lock, like someone was going to tap pretty quickly. So to so to watch somebody uh, have that move locked on them and not submit right away, it's like it's like booking Mike Tyson and then having him punch somebody and them not going down. Like, I, that I feel, looks weird. I feel like Liv Morgan could have lasted longer against Nunez just by running around the ring. <laughs> All right, folks, we got to keep this moving. We still got a whole other night to get through. Our main another event. By the way, this is a thing I actually said to myself you? on it's Saturday. Like a, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, I that's I literally tweeted that at the end of this. I'm like, there's really another night. Uh, uh, All right. Well, we got to get to that other night. So oh, our right, main event nice. was a Kevin Owens talk show, which was just a front, folks. We got an actual. No holds barred match. They used all the bells and whistles, but God damn it, was it a fun time. It was Kevin Owens versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, No holds barred match. They did a great job, all things considered. Uh, Kevin sold, like, fantastically. Steve was a blast. People, it was the most fun anybody had this weekend. The the National Guard taking Kevin out at the end was, was a really funny, nice touch. I loved it, man. It was like, you know, as soon as you hit this, it was just kind of like, you know, I mean, in a lot of ways, the next night couldn't follow it is because you had this, you had the Cody Seth match and you had the Bianca Becky match and, you know, nothing on the second night, like touched those things in my, in my opinion. What did you think of the Scott? Oh man, this bachelor party went crazy for this. (laughs) 
we all focused in this became a a, a major fight with um you know le- legitimate like uh man we just loved it we i mean shouting shouting at the screen jumping up and down when austin took a backdrop on the concrete we went ape shit it was just a blast it was a lot of fun at first you know they definitely didn't understand it and i and i understand that they're sitting in the ring talking and uh yeah didn't take your shirt off that was a big thing we did chant you know take your shirt off as you know a group of men would do <laughs> and a 50 yeah i'm surprised you didn't take what, a shirt what, what off. a fun bachelor great. party <laughs> uh, what did you guys think of this mike I mean, I, I really like this. It, it definitely is a, a much bigger problem of no stars this big right now when a 57-year-old is getting your loudest pops. And he did. I mean, it was really funny. Like, I'll always find the neck braces comedic and and, and not intimidating at all. Um, I love, like, he the started knee braces, walking. not the neck braces. I said knee braces. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah knee braces. Um, but then when he, like, he, like, when he started to walk down the ramp, he's like, God damn, that's a long ramp. And then he got his power wheels. Uh, it was fun. I mean, look, they they uh, they purposely. I, I think Steve himself didn't want to promise too much, so they underpromised and overdelivered. This this was the reverse of Brett and uh, Vince at twenty six. <laughs> Although the the next night stunner would be the exact same, but. Uh, no, this was this this was really fun. I mean, it was a great way to end the night. It, it, once it could have been shorter. You did. I don't think you needed. You didn't need a video package of ten of like five minutes of Owens healing, followed by ten minutes of live healing. This could have been condensed. I, I agree with that. Yeah. You know, of uh, fifteen twenty minutes, and and I like the uh, redemption of Byron Saxton getting stunned in front of a live crowd, as opposed to that awful. Uh, the first uh, pandemic raw was it three sixteen day when there was he no was violence. dressed like he was singing a cappella at a soda parlor. It was nuts. yeah, that was horrible. This was this was fun, man. You know this 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 sent people home happy. And I might be the only person to say this. This is all the Austin I needed to see. I get why they did the thing the next night, but um, we didn't need it. This this was a high note. I would have just left it here. Well, I mean, like the le- the next night, you need to. I mean, people wanted to see Austin, but uh... they, they they did. But look, this was it was a fantastic bookend to to Steve Austin's career. It corrected the fact that his last match ever he he lost to The Rock, and it was not necessarily going to be his last match or, or whatever. Um, this made Kevin Owens in the sense that this show that WWE has more faith in him than they do pretty much anybody else. They put him out there in a situation. He made the promo work. He made the match work. Him and Steve were great dance partners. I got very nervous when that match first started and Kevin Dunn went full on seizure with cuts because he didn't trust Steve Austin's punches. They were legitimately were like, is Austin going to totally shit the bed? He did not. He went out there. He bumped like a madman. I hate that ATV, but the way they used it with him propping Kevin Owens on it and driving it up, Texas man, fan. it was fantastic. It yeah. was a feel-good moment. This is what WrestleMania is supposed to be. It's an epic moment. You have Scotch friends watching it who are lapsed fans or never been fans, and like this is fucking awesome. If you were an Attitude Era fan, you loved it. If you were a modern fan, you loved it. This was an absolute home run 
night one of WrestleMania had three aces in the hole. They knew you were going to get the Cody debut. They knew you were going to get the big title change with Bianca. They knew you were going to get Steve Austin. They, this was the weaker night on paper and they knew they were going to over deliver because of it. And it made it an absolute blast. And let us never talk about WrestleMania 38 again. <laughs> well, wait a minute. There's oh, a night, no! There's a night two to get through. Hogs no! Day! Uh, yeah, well, we open with uh, Jesse Decker singing the national anthem. Then Triple H comes out. He should have um, sang the national anthem. He, he sang. Uh, I thought you did a good job. Into it. Oh, boy. Uh, he comes out. He uh, he says hi to his kids. It was very touching. I was like, how hilarious it would be if he did like a 20-minute mid-2000s Raw promo. But no, we just said, you know, welcome to WrestleMania. Uh, he left his boots in the ring, short but sweet, um, even though it did take 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, what did you guys think of this? Yeah, this still lasted a raw promo length of time. I mean, yeah. it, it was sweet. I mean, look, man, this is this is a pivotal WrestleMania in some ways in terms of the end of an era. Like, if this, if, if this is the last, like, Austin, you know, uh, moment, the, the, the what are the you know the last triple h moment hopefully the last mr mcmahon moment the last the last taker live appearance i mean that might not be true because you know money makes people do dumb things but this did feel like the end um in in many ways uh i i thought yeah the triple h moment was sweet but yeah man it, it could have it also could have been trimmed there's so much shit on this that just could have been half the length of what it was and this is up there for me uh, especially because I love the first match. And if that started 15 minutes sooner, I would have been a lot happier. Uh, yeah. Robert, Scott, anything to add? No. Uh, Hunter did <laughs> acknowledge Gable Stevenson, and you only know who he was because Stephanie introduced him the night before. Absolutely brilliant. Fantastic work. They're please, not... please, hire, please hire me back. Yeah, I was going to say, they're just not that into you. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we start off, or we open the, with a triple threat tag match. I think everybody kind of predicted this is how it was going to open. It's a fun little match, fast and good. Honestly, it felt like a like a, like a a Rampage main event or something where, you know, all the work was good, but it, it probably could have gone a little longer. Um, yeah, but, I, you know, I got no complaints. Anybody else have anything to add with this match? Fun. I loved it. It's Fantastic. Fun. Yeah, they were they were all energetic. Orton was having a blast. Montez Ford looked like an absolute star. The dive that he did to the outside on everybody was a great moment. Him and Riddle, they play their cards right. That could main event at WrestleMania. The post match stuff with Gable Stevenson and them was it. At least he did something. Uh, it was just it done was that, fun. man. I mean, they didn't need yeah. to be the third. Look, it was it was fun all around. You moment. open the match, uh, probably. Probably match of the night. Uh, for, for uh, I, would, just, I agree. In, I mean, in it terms depends of in ring work. Consider yeah. Sammy in Knoxville, but yeah, I, I totally agree. Yeah, I mean, Mont- Montez Ford is a star, and Angelo Dawkins is a man named Angelo Dawkins. Well, uh, yeah, he's yeah, he is the as you say, he's party genetic. Yeah, party Except we have Lashley. Yeah. And, and, uh, I was gonna say, I fucking I love American Alpha. I think they're great, man. Alpha Academy are fantastic. No, but Alpha Academy. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I'm American sorry. Alpha that was America. Yeah, was, yeah. That was, that was his old other son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, no, God, man, it's I, amazing I, how much my brain just has useless wrestling. Like, no, that's actually Alpha Academy. No, no, man. It's it, it, it's nice as an autistic person to, to be corrected by someone else. Um, <laughs> doing doing a Conan impression, which I learned this week. Apparently, that's who Danhausen's supposed to be. Yeah, and I did not know that until this week. 
<laughs> that he's playing Conan O'Brien. And I was like, oh, that's now I almost don't hate him as much as I did before. Yeah, he, 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 yeah I mean, it was a good time. No, you know what it was? Like, I saw the clip of Dan Housen and Hook, and I'm like, that was kind of entertaining. Let me look up what the deal is with this dude. And I'm like, oh, he's pretending to be Conan O'Brien. Like, eh, that's fine. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, he, he, is, he, is, he does remind me of, of, I'm trying to get this joke out. Mm. He does remind me of Conan O'Brien because every time I'm seeing him, like, why is he still on TBS? <laughs> Thank you. Oh, glad right, we enough, waited enough for of that, that freak one. show. Let's get to Omos. Uh, Omos Lashley. The big news here is that Omos's undefeated streak ends. And my note for this match was I ate too much White Castle. I'm falling asleep. Anybody else have anything to add? This over delivered as much as I've hated Omos. I don't know, uh, man. I mean, no, no, it, it over delivered for what I expected this to be. Yeah. Uh, Lashley looks tiny compared to Omos and Lashley is a massive human being. Uh, and watching Omos throw him around was kind of fun in like the Hercules, Billy Jack Haynes way. And that slam to Omos, the fact that Lashley didn't yeah. break his neck, uh, you know, yeah, fuck you, Rich nice. Holland. It, it, like if that dude can do it to Omos, uh, you should have been able to do it to Big E. Uh, but yeah, it was short. It was to the point. It got Lashley over. Crowd was super into him. And they made a baby face. And then they followed up on Raw by having MVP uh, align with Omos. So you're going to establish Lashley as a top tier baby face. So that's a home run. Yeah, the next night they paid it off with MVP turning on him. MVP had an excellent promo, but you can all check that on some of the sports entertainment. And Scott, any thoughts on this match? Uh, I guess it had to happen, right? It's not working yeah. for Omos. So you do what you got to do. Great colleague. Lashley's at the very right. least reliable. Yep. Hercules, yep. Billy Jack Haynes. Next. Yep. yep. Uh, next up, we have uh, Sami Zayn versus Johnny Knoxville in an Anything Goes match. I mean, they were laying it in the beginning. Of course, Meltzer hated this match. Uh, he didn't understand uh, the guy in the Speedo, Pon- Pontius. I think that's his name. Um, it, 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 this it, was more of a Scotty Meltzer match than a Dave Meltzer. Yeah, match. yeah. There's nothing. There is. Look, if you watch this with wrestling brain, you were going to hate it. If you watched it with sports entertainer brain, you were going to love it. Yeah, but uh, but then but then tomorrow when Wee Man comes out with Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly, he's going to fucking be happy again. We, <laughs> oh man, Wee Man was the star of this match. He, he gave he did give Sammy the Andre the Hogan Andre slam, which was which was fucking amazing looking. Uh, Sam, you know, Sammy was a blast. Everybody did a good job. It was. Just a crowd pleaser. Everybody, I don't know how Meltzer hated this because everybody in the stadium was was lapping it up. What did you guys think of this match? The stadium wasn't in Jacksonville and the check didn't clear, so he didn't like this. <laughs> uh, Scott, did you like this? Uh, you're a big jackass guy. Yeah, so my, my favorite moments of wrestle, uh, of these two nights were from Kevin Owens and from Sami Zayn, which I thought was really cool. Uh, and yeah, man, they're phenomenal. Sami Zayn knocked it out of the park. Like, I don't even think there was a moment of this match. I didn't like it all flowed really well for me. It all felt very much like a mousetrap where every movement they made, you know, they ended up elsewhere with a different trap going on and even Knoxville pushing the button and having the firework come out and then the taser It it all worked. It all made sense. It was all funny. It was fucking home alone. It was yeah, man, I, genuinely, that boot to the face was so good. Yeah, yeah, the dude, the, yeah, the the, the mouse traps, the 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 flip to the outside onto the mouse traps. It was all perfect. This was this was my favorite worked match of, of WrestleMania. I think, like in yeah. terms of, I just had a blast. I don't think this is sports and this is like DDT. 
Yeah, this is, you're right. This you're is, right. Yeah, this is like uh, weirdo shit, you know. And I, I like it. It's a lot of. It was like EC, lot, as I said, it was like ECW kids, like Muppet Babies ECW or something. Yeah, and you know the 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 reason even guys who hate stuff like this could maybe defend it is it's jackass and everything that happened there kind of existed in jackass world, you know. That big hand is a thing they use. So yeah, also also, my love. the only thing Dave Meltzer was watching on MTV in 2002 was Val Venus Sunday night heat matches. <laughs> like, he, the, the, the world outside of wrestling doesn't exist to that turd muffin. So fuck them. This, this match was the only, the only thing that was a bummer was the mousetrap, not like yeah. going off, but whatever, Yeah, but man. it did go off. It, it did go off. This is the kind of shit that I would hate more than anything else. I hated when they brought in the zombies. I hated a lot of the comedy the, the forced WWE comedy that I've been forced to like watch over the years they've tried to do. This was this was an absolute blast. It was a joy. It was fun. The crowd was into it. That just got to your point. There wasn't a moment where it was lagging or dragging or felt dumb. And we've seen the where they have like the, the food fights and Thanksgiving or any of this other shit. This just worked. And Sami Zayn made this feel real in spite of how dumb everything was. And his commitment to it and Kevin Owens' commitment. Uh, the night before, these two are, are the absolute stars of WWE right now. Yeah, man, I, I love this because you know, and, and I agree with the the, the Owens uh, Zane thing because it's like wins and losses kind of matter, but roles are way more important. What your role is in a company, where they can plug you in, and both these guys like to be the guy that is with Austin, to be the guy that's with Knoxville, and and to. You know, the build up to this, the payoff of it all was just fucking enjoyable. I mean, yeah, this is a match where you can have a discussion about it and it reveals what you think about wrestling, what wrestling is to you. I mean, look, there's probably people that loved Edge and AJ a lot more than this. And this is that, that's what their vision of wrestling is. This is, you know, uh, on a whole night and especially an eight hour fucking show. This was a breath of fresh air because this could have been on at any moment in the card and it would have still been unique and different and fun. Yeah, the wee man moment. Um, and you know what really helped this? And this is rare that I say this about WWE. Michael Cole. Yes. Michael Cole and Mac- McAfee also. McAfee, I mean, McAfee. Oh, McAfee, great. yeah. As a commentator, but Michael oh, Cole broke. Corey Graves is great in the Cody match, by the way. I forgot to say. Yes, that. he was. He absolutely was. But, but Michael Cole is a robot, and to see the the robot like laugh, and to have reactions, you know, like it, it's the same with like Stadium Stampede, where you know when like Ross and Shivani are able to enjoy that kind of stuff, it it, it does validate it a little bit, and it is it is cool, and and the thing of like the amount of hardcore matches that we've seen, you know, mainly in AW over the last, you know, couple years and, you know, all the blood and all of that, just, it's nice to just see a bowling ball to the balls, a fucking, yeah. It was, it was like leg. the opposite of a Nick Gage match, you know? Yeah. Nickelodeon gauge match. Nickelodeon <laughs> gauge. That's funny. I mean, um, and, and the last thing I'll say about this, a rare compliment for Kevin Dunn for Bucky Beaver himself to not show the hand the way that the the shot was of him running into the hand and you not seeing it in advance obviously the crowd did but it was such a fun moment at home like this was the match uh i watched this with like eight other comics 
this was the match we got really quiet for and just then we're like invested in and, and laughed and had a blast. And I'm sure this would have passed the bachelor party test. And that's what WrestleMania should do. Uh, or or if, you, if you're a bachelor party, you should be watching Shotgun Saturday night. Uh, <laughs> and next next up, Edge versus AJ Styles. Uh, versus... There was the four-way women's match. Oh my but god! Was, I totally forgot to write any notes about it. And that's uh, pretty much all you need to say about it. Yep. All right. What's nine twenty-five, baby? Yeah. Come on. Let's move on, guys. We have so yeah. much more to get through. Edge versus page the notes on that match. Uh, Edge versus AJ Styles. Edge had a cool entrance. That's about all I'll say. Scott did prove me right. AJ was not awesome in this match. Edge wasn't good. It was a solid match. There's nothing fucking wrong with this match, but it was not. Not a damn thing wrong with this not, match. Not some a, really solid moments. Some solid moments, but it just it's a little long. The crowd got a little bored. Yes, I mean it was it was it was a perfectly good wrestling match. Um, mixed feelings about Priest and Edge together because the next night they they're really like what we do in the shadows characters now. It's like um, they gave uh, they gave Priest the hand treatment too. He appeared like the hand. It was just out of nowhere. He was standing there, as uh, opposed to the hand treatment Sami yeah. Zayn got or May Young. No, <laughs> so this was not. This was not an AJ New Japan match. This was not an Edge TLC match. Or what did you think of this? But it was good. It was a good match. It was. It was definitely. You know, it was way better than the Ronda Charlotte match. I thought. So, uh, what, what did you think of this, Scott? I, I thought I just said what I thought of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'll say this was the longest match of the weekend, and it felt like it. So, Wait, it was the longest match. It was like 25 minutes. Um, it was, I mean, you know, it's like, you know, they want to go out there and have that. Because it's funny, they're around the similar age of Michaels and Taker when Michaels and Taker happened. Mm-hmm. But they're just not transcendent like that. They're both very good wrestlers who can be great wrestlers i mean uh and scott's the one who's like yeah aj just doesn't bring it at mania and and, and i, I thought he's like, had good matches at mania but you're i can't argue that this was not a classic or something you know? but it's like it, i feel like they just try they try too hard and they overthink it and and i i feel like you know with a with a truly great match let's do it and then have people complimented after but these guys it's like we're gonna go out and steal the show and it's like you're not gonna steal the show from nut shots <laughs> like yeah. you know you're not gonna be more entertaining than that you're not gonna be more epic than even lesnar and and reigns so i just don't and 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 it's like at least cody and rollins or Bianca and Becky feel like the future is at stake because they're all current stars. These guys feel like their best years are behind them. And um, I would have rather seen both of these guys in matches elevating people than trying to jerk themselves off. I agree with that. Uh, this was this was fake gravitas. Uh, this was <laughs> this was two guys who the storyline was truncated. It didn't make a lot of sense, but they treated it like this was the epic showdown that you have been waiting years to see. Uh, I said last week, Edge needs an editor to have good matches. This was a 24-minute match that would have been a fine 16-minute match. Um, everyone spent half the time trying to figure out why AJ was bleeding from his face from the entrance, so they were more distracted by Meltzer that. Meltzer was very else. helpful there. He did tweet out. 
It was the pyro. Yes, he was. Conf- no, it wasn't the pyro. It was that AJ walked into the stage, into the into the star. Uh, Melcher was confused at what the red stuff was coming out of AJ's face, that it wasn't oil. Um, and uh, yeah, of all the matches that happened, this one was one of them. And uh, this belongs exclusively on Saudi shows, so I never have to see it again. All right. Well, we're going to get to uh, our penultimate match of the night, Pat McAfee versus Austin Theory. Um, you know, it was a fun match. I mean, Pat McAfee versus Adam Cole. Uh, despite so, so you my... cut the New Day match too? Oh, shit. I forgot about that. And, and he cut Pat and Vince. It's not the penultimate match. Yeah, so you're right. Two more you're matches right. after well, we'll McAfee. We'll get to that. Um, but yeah, New Day faced Sheamus and Ridge Holland. Nobody got hurt. That's my note. What Anybody else? Yeah, was... Yeah. Fucking embarrassing. Yeah, okay. which equals puppy power. Like, I think it's, <laughs> like, it's he, crappy do. You're right. He, yeah, he really is just like he's not a human being. He's just let me at him. I'm gonna myrtleize him. <laughs> well, you know, and the problem with it is it's he's getting to the guys too quick, like so he can attack them, but then he doesn't, and it's all like it, it's it's they're stalling. It sucks, man. It's not funny. And I like Scrappy-Doo. Like, some people yeah. hate Scrappy-Doo. <laughs> I fuck with Scrappy-Doo hard. And this is a version of Scrappy-Doo that I cannot co-sign and that other Scooby-Doo fans cannot co-sign. It's yeah, and it's like, you know. and, and we all like Pete Dunne, you know? Yeah, that's the craziest oh, thing. It's Pete like, we, we, I like I, Pete Dunne. But... The, the, the sign in the front row, though, with, with the, okay, so we're going to call you Butch. <laughs> so fucking good whoever had that sign uh whoever decided to let new day come out there dress like biggie in a tribute to their fallen friend and then lose clean in a minute like what the fuck did i love i love the guys at new day i don't know what the fuck they did to deserve this but this is this is like shane treatment bad yeah, this it was, is rough. It was bad um can we, can we just I don't know if you guys agree with me. Can we put a moratorium on if somebody gets legit hurt like that, we don't need to see it again. Yeah. It just yeah. there's no reason to show that Holland suplex ever again. Do you agree with me on that? Like it's there if you want to go. Well, it's partially, but partially I, I really, it depends on what big E wants because like, if he wants to be like, look, like I want them to show my neck breaking, so when I fucking come back as a babyface, I'm I'm super over. Then I understand that. But if you you know like you don't, I, I don't know, man. I, you know it's it, it's it's not as bad as the Sid leg thing, but I also understand people's distaste for it. It's a very brutal injury. It's it a is- brutal injury to a move that you, as a wrestling fan, have seen hundreds of times. So it doesn't look like a truly like, oh, my God, what happened thing. It's you can show him being carted out and use it as the emotional crutch for it. I don't need to see him getting dropped on his neck because you see guys pretending to do it 50, 60 times in a show. Uh, It just feels uncomfortable and like faces of death style. All right, guys, let's keep on going or else we're going to have to run video packages. Pat McAfee versus Austin Theory. (laughs) Pat had a fun entrance. Uh, to defend Adam Cole, if you saw the Adam Cole-Pat McAfee match, this wasn't nearly as good at this as that, but Pat was great in the match. The thing to talk about is obviously the match in the match, the match after the match, which is Vince McMahon coming in, having a ma- match with Pat McAfee. Um, it will be on everybody's worst match of the year. Maybe the worst, maybe the worst male mania match ever. I mean, it's... It really is Charmel, Charmel, Jenna Morasco territory. 
Uh, Steve Austin gives him a stunner at the end that was so bad, Steve started laughing. Um, it was like, it was literally like watching, like the way Vince sold it was like watching like Halloween decorations molting or something. It was, it was, it was, I mean, it was, I will say this for it. It was so bad that it, it was like, I couldn't stop watching it. Like I, I was like, I was kind of awake again. Cause I was like, holy shit, this is fucking next level. Scott, what did you think of this? These two matches? Yeah. So to compliment the, the, the Pat McAfee, uh, Austin theory match, I liked the Adam Cole match better because it was more of a match. They wrestled, but this actually makes more sense because in it, Pat kind of sucks at first and then surprises himself and the crowd. Yeah, it's a better story. Yeah, is a better story and it makes more sense. I mean, unfortunately, if you saw NXT, you saw him be a good wrestler. So this whole like realizing he's capable doesn't necessarily work, but fuck it. That doesn't exist anymore anyway. So this is a better story. I liked it a lot. I thought Pat did an awesome job. Then Vince comes out. He takes off his shirt. I go, holy shit, this is going to rule. He is going to have a match with Pat, you know, when the bell rings, maybe they'll punch each other a few times. And then somehow Stone Cold is going to come out and give a stunner. And then what happened was Vince took his shirt off and he did look great. And then he just like would hold out an arm and Pat would run at it and fall back. Like <laughs> you ever see like those like trainers of like bullshit dojos and like they're like Chinese yeah. will like run at them and they like tap them on the forehead and they crumble. Yeah. Like, this was just Vince like standing there as Pat crumbled around him. I thought it was like extremely embarrassing for Pat. It's like at the end of the day, who gives a shit? But it really there was a big moment that reminded me of when 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 the fiend came out and Vince just stared at him like what a stupid gimmick it's like motherfucker it's your stories like <laughs> like it's just crazy like he he like walks through a haunted house and he's like this isn't scary and it's like yeah it's your haunted house dude you made all the things uh, he's <laughs> he's just a strange man uh, he beat Pat you know that's the other thing because theory just like hit Pat in the back or something or low blowed him but like he should have also done finishers it, it, it just sucked. The stunner, I thought it was hilarious. Uh, and I didn't mind it too much because if you kick a guy in the nuts and he's old, like he kind of just starts falling apart. And at the end of the day, Austin did grab him and did stun him. Realistic enough for me. Also, we got to see the worst stunner ever. You know what I mean? That oh, was good. Of- and that's all of Vince's stunners. All of yeah. Vince's stunners are terrible. Oh, ooh, we need to mention this. Austin Theory's music started playing when Vince and him were celebrating and Vince reacted yeah, like Stone Cold's glass broke. Yeah. He like shit his pants and then he had to act like he was still, yeah, we're cool. Dude, it was so like if anybody else did this, they'd be chewed up. <laughs> yes, this would have ended so many people. I, I my yeah. asshole puckered when I saw that. I'm like, I feel like I was gonna get fired when that happened. Um, look, this was great. Uh Pat McAfee looked awesome. The crowd was really into it. The Steve Austin bit was was an absolute blast. Um Yes, the stunner looked like the worst thing of all time, and I knew it was going to happen on Sunday. I even tweeted it Sunday. The video package on Monday, WWE production saved this thing. They, everyone there deserves a massive raise in how well they made this look. And, and like all that matters is, this is the message I got from Pat after the match. He wrote, I'm living the dumbest life of all time. Last night was a fucking movie. And that dude got to live like, it was like his make-a-wish for this 
I was super happy for him. The crowd absolutely loved it. You got two Steve Austin moments. You got to see Steve Austin win a match and then Steve Austin kind of stunned Vince McMahon and drink a shitload of beer. Uh, it's feel good. It's, it's cotton. You know candy. what it was? It's it was great. Steve during that 2k conference where Jim Ross was drunk and Steve just starts laughing. Like that's, that's like, we saw like, Oh, we saw a podcast, Steve tonight. What last first night we saw Steve, the character, then we saw a podcast, Steve. Oh, and if, and if you haven't seen it, uh, it's, I think Noel t- uh, tweeted it out. Uh, Mick Foley's reaction to Vince taking the stunner is the most joyful thing you will ever watch. He was laughing non, he couldn't stop. It's about a minute of just Mick Foley laughing um, and trying to stop himself and then starting up again. It's pure joy. Uh, so if no other reason, that moment existing made this oh, worth well, it. And that was the main event of WrestleMania. So thanks. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, like, it's, it, it's funny because it's like, I want to say I was laughing 10 seconds after I saw him breathing still <laughs> because my, I, I'll be honest. My initial reaction was fear. Like, I mean, he looked like he was going to die in the ring. I mean, he, this should be, I'm going to say this should be the last time Vince McMahon is on screen ever. He looks horrible. I mean, maybe they should have like an open casket thing like they do with Stalin, but like, yeah. Yeah. you see what they did with that one rapper. It was like this weekend. Yeah, just Where? just 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 have him in an open casket at his office at Titan Towers while he works. Uh, I mean, because it feels like it could happen any day now. He looks like a fucking lizard. Like he's got like a gecko face. Uh, and then it was so funny when it's him and McAfee in the black tank tops, and it's like two action figures, uh, like the same action figure, but one was just put in the microwave for two minutes. <laughs> and. <laughs> I mean, this was just, it, it was like, this is another one of those length things, man, where the amount of time between the end of the, the McAfee theory match, which I thought was fun and, and well done. And the crowd was super into in theory, you know, once again, he, like we were arguing at where I was of like, Oh, he shouldn't lose. It's like, it is the role. The guy was put in this prominent role. I think he's going to be fine. He did look great. He won the next um, night. Yeah. And then, and then, but then it's like, but then I think it was like 10 minutes between the end of the match and Austin coming out. And you know, Austin is going to come out. And it was just so dragged out. And, you know, I, 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 you could tell that Austin had confidence this night that he didn't have the first night because he walked down to the ring instead of using the ATP. <laughs> well, God damn, I'll go use my legs. Um, but then, that that stunner, it was it was so funny, but it was just like it felt like the end of something, man. It felt like a part of my childhood was over. Like this is let us not ever try to go back to the attitude era. Let's move the fuck on. And thankfully the next match will and Steve Blackman has a bail bonds business now. Oh god. Yeah, yeah but go Mike, there there is that. something poetic about the fact that the first stunner Vince took from Austin was the worst stunner of all time. And that the last stunner that Vince took from Austin is the worst stunner of all time. There's also something poetic that 95-year-old Tony Bennett looks better than 76-year-old Vince McMahon. Also, like, Austin Theory and Pat McAfee took these beautiful stunners. I mean, they they were amazing. Austin Theory's is like Scott Hall's. Not enough people have mentioned that. That's how Scott Hall took it. Unbelievable. And, And I think the moment of this whole thing was the showing Pat McAfee Popeye style 
with the beer, dripping it in his mouth like a can of fucking spinach. That rolled. Oh, that'll be like a gif for the next 50 years. Yeah, Yeah, that that was fun. All right. The greatest WrestleMania main event of all time, the biggest Biggest. WrestleMania event of all time, Roman Reigns or Brock Brock Lesnar. Third time's the charm. I mean, Uh, fourth time will be the charm. uh, it, It was... Look, man, Roman looked incredible. Just a wonderful body. Uh, fun. Look, it was, it was, it was a fine match up until the end. The finish was kind of like a fart in church. Was I, I liked thirty-one way better their match there. Um, the third, it's it still was better than thirty-four because thirty-four went for like a fucking half hour. It was just so bad. Um, the ending wasn't good, like I said, but like Mike said, you know, we did get that image of Roman holding the titles, which they'll be using in packages forever, forever, forever. And as we know, WrestleMania is about video packages. Mike, what did you think of this match? Yeah, I don't have to watch this company again for a while. Yay! <laughs> like, right. That's the thing. There were so many entertaining moments this uh, weekend, and I was like, man, I like WWE. I, I bought the fucking 2K22 game. Like, you know, I was like, man, I like wrestling again. Like, sports entertainment i like i I got my aw and my wwe Woo! and then this match happened and i'm like well i can't wait for dynamite next week when it isn't adam cole and christian uh (laughs) this was just i mean i don't i don't know if i'm looking at something different than you guys but the same fucking moves over and over again i mean I, I can be truncated because I got to say what I feel about Roman of just the repetitiveness and the boring feel of a lot of his matches. This just felt dull. I mean, if he legit was hurt and they ended it early because of that Kimura, then that sucks. And, and I wish him a safe recovery, but the match itself, I don't, I didn't need to see this again. I mean, yeah, this was the best it was in 2015, even though one of them wasn't over then. Uh, and you know, and, and that one had Rollins win. Uh, but how many times can you fucking see this shit? How many times can you see suplexes and spear? Like there were three matches on this fucking show that ended with a spear, uh, on, on night two, it's just repetitive and dull. And, um, yeah. And then the way that they ended, uh, on Monday night with Roman, this was the third, it was the third. Yeah. There's three matches that ended with Spears on night two. Yeah, man. Like how many coronations does one guy need? He still doesn't well, he's definitely feel, coronated now. It's, it's, a, he still doesn't feel as big as Austin or undertaker or, or fucking he's, he's about at Logan Paul level. <laughs> I just, well, I, I don't need that. But... I don't need to see this again, man. I mean, you guys tell me why this felt different than any other bullshit that these guys have already done. Uh, it felt uh, they looked cooler, you know. <laughs> Brock Brock looked cooler. Roman looked cooler. I liked Heyman being there. Yeah. Look, at first I was irritated because I went, oh, shit, I forget how Lesnar matches work where you're only doing three or four moves. And then I got into it. I go, fuck it. Why not? What are you guys going to do? Have like an actual great 25 minute match. So let's go with it. And then it kept going. And then the injury happened. And the thing about it is it looked like to me it was part of a storyline. Um, every credible wrestling reporter, which I know that sounds stupid, but like Meltzer, Alvarez, uh, Sean Ross Sapp, they have not said that Roman Reigns was hurt or is hurt. Uh, I think it is a storyline. I think part of it is like, look how broken I am, yet I can still hold up these two titles 
despite my one arm not working. And it was rushed. It came off like Paul Heyman was his, his spinach. Uh, and it was just extremely flat. I had three people text me how, you know, in one way or another saying things like, that was it. What was that? That was dumb. And they'd be right. And, th and then, you know, I did watch the end of Raw. I thought something was going to happen. And they just stood there for four minutes saying, tune in on SmackDown. Robert? Uh, this was the two biggest stars in the WWE, the two biggest stars in the industry wrestling one another. Uh, it felt like an epic moment when the match first started. We were like, yeah, these guys, what made this different, Mike, this time is that they were cast in the right roles. Brock was the baby face. Roman was the heel. The, the problem was the match was underwhelming. That's you, you, you can't beat babyface Brock clean. So you have to do a ref bump and a low blow and a title, you know, shot to the head. And yeah, the finish of it felt like it did come out of nowhere. And it was, it was uneventful. So many people were convinced that the rock was going to come out at the end of this match that I think they worked themselves into a shoot. And then they were disappointed that their fantasy booking didn't happen. Uh, the, the finish of raw was a bit of a miscalculation. It was, the coronation of this guy is going to be on both shows and that's fine. And it was tune into SmackDown to see who's going to challenge uh, Roman going forward. But uh, as far as the end of mania went, it was better than Hogan Yokozuna. <laughs> hey, I will say Brock Lesnar introducing himself after Heyman. Yep. Not only was that really cool, it also made sure the fans cheered for Brock and booed Roman, which was important. I, and was I will awesome. say, if you do want Rock and Roman, find a way to get Rock canceled, because that is the only way that he will be <laughs> available to have a match at Mania. He is making too much money for too many people to waste his time with this bullshit. Hey, the man the man is making tequila money now i don't, I don't think there's you know he's got he's got multiple industries he's he's yes. fucking put on his oh, yeah he's getting that cranston money all right well that was our wrestlemania review robert what is your high spot and low spot of this wrestlemania week um my high spot excluding anything that happened from mania itself was the um the applause for the undertaker it it felt genuine for most of that time until it eventually just turned into how long can we make this go? Uh, the the dude absolutely uh, is a legend and deserve that proper uh, send off the 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 adulation from the crowd. It was really fantastic. Um, my low spot of the week is then the Undertaker started to talk, and it was fine for a little bit and then it felt like he was auditioning to be a motivational speaker for Joel Osteen with his you know three mental moves and the thing that was the most disappointing for me was he mentioned pretty much every wrestler and producer and person on the planet and did not acknowledge Mick Foley and whether there is or isn't an issue with the two of them I don't know all I know is it took away from that because he does mention Hell in a Cell briefly and the Boiler Room Brawl and no mention of Foley whatsoever felt like a slight, even though it necessarily wasn't. Uh, so that uh, that kind of sucked. But it was I was just happy to see, uh, you know, the crowd give him the send off. And it was it was a fun little thing at the end of having the Undertaker walk up the ramp, turn over, turn his head over the right shoulder and throw his arm up. That was always uh, when we did TV. That was the go home. That was uh, Taker worked every dark match. That's when you filmed he, every dark. That's match. when you stopped dancing with Linda. When you see that, that. was when I stopped. That's that's for the live show people. They only they get to understand that joke. 
But uh, that was always our, our go home of that's when you turn off the camera because the undertaker was always the guy to, to close out the night. And uh, it was a fitting end. And then I saw it two more times on Saturday and Sunday. <laughs> I don't ever need to see him again in that black suit with his hair pulled back. Uh, uh, go, go home to your kids, buddy. Go, go, uh, go, go be with the family. Scott, what was your high spot, low spot of the week? Oh man. High spot was that that ring of honor show. I mean, look, the high spot was stone cold, Steve Austin watching it with my friends freaking out, but that ring of honor show was so damn good. Uh, the matches were great. FTR versus the Briscoes was match of the weekend, but at the end of it, my high spot is Samoa Joe showed up. Samoa Joe is in ring of honor. Samoa Joe is in AEW. We recorded this Tuesday. So they just announced on Twitter. I don't know if you guys saw it, but Joe is fighting Max Caster in a uh, Owen Hart tournament qualifying match, which will be really cool. Uh, yeah, I just think having Samoa Joe in both companies is really exciting. Having Jay Lethal turn heel in Ring of Honor is exciting. Having the Briscoes in Ring of Honor is exciting since you can't get them in AEW. I just thought it was an all-around awesome show. My low spot? Mm. Can anybody bring up Veer yet? No. Yeah, Veer. Tune into something to sports entertainment with. I certainly talked Veer, about Veer. because he came. Because he came, you know? Yeah, was, he came and he probably. sucked and he was and just a Veer guy. And it wasn't coming. a joke. He's not came it. That'd be great. There's a Veer shirt that says he came, he sucked, he conquered. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Um, Mike, high spot, low spot of the week. Okay. I'm going to high spot. Uh this was a really good mania. I thought this was the best mania in uh, years. I, I would say my favorite since 30. Um, I know we didn't give bowling pin scores. I would give this show because I did have fun watching it. Um, I I watched the first uh, night with a few people at my house. And then I watched the second night with a few people at a different house. And uh, we just had fucking fun, man. So I'm going to give this four out of five bowling pins. Um, I thought it was, uh, it felt like a mania. A lot of these last few had just felt like just a show and this felt special. And I thought certain people did get elevated from it, which I, I can't say about some mania. So th that's what I'd say, uh, my high spot. And then my low spot is, uh, the rest of the hall of fame. I thought it was awful. I hated the way that, uh, I felt that some of the uh, people were treated um, having the Steiners say it was they only give us four minutes and they did four minutes. Like it really felt like they just put them in there to say, you know, Braun breaker from the hall of fame Steiner family. It, it felt like they were being used. Um, they should have been given a little bit more time. And then the low, the low spot of the whole night was Chad Gaspard. I mean, this guy uh, for, what he did um, as a human being, even as a wrestler, JTG didn't get to say anything about him. Nobody got to say anything about Vader besides Vader's family. It just felt like everybody was treated like afterthoughts. Um, well, the Vader thing Star is nice to, having you know, her Sean still has some juice. What's that? The Vader thing was nice because it's nice to see that Sean still has some juice. Yeah. <laughs> hey, wait, the Vader thing. Okay, so I didn't watch much of the Hall of Fame, but I did catch some of Vader. So that was his son and his wife. 
Yes. Dude, it was so funny. His son would mention like moments from his career, you know? He'd be like, who could forget? And then he'd say something. And his wife doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about, you know? And she's like, oh, yes, of course. My, my favorite thing was the son was like, my dad wasn't there for half my childhood, but when he was, he was better than any other dad. <laughs> no one else's like, dad beat Sting. Right. Here's, the, here's the thing. When he was saying that, I wanted... I wanted Vader's son's therapist number to flash at the bottom of the screen because that person is great at their job. But yeah, I'll say it again, man. How it's it's I don't even blame Dana fully. We can go into another argument about the shittiness of the Warrior Award and who it's named after, but it's like she inducts everyone every year. It's I think it's you know, it's on production. Like you should get the person's name right. It's disrespectful. This guy was a fucking amazing dude. The video package, which they had like an author write, it, it did not feel WWE. The video package is beautiful that they used to induct him. And then for her to come out and just be like, the brave Chad Gaspard was just fucking atrocious. Uh, put some respect on that man's name. Fuck you, WWE. <laughs> <laughs> really, really. His really, wife gave a beautiful speech. Really, his she wife did. did give a beautiful yeah, speech. Did, did. I mean, that's what I took away from it was the wife and the son was, was awesome seeing them. Uh, my high spot uh, was our live show this week. If you if you haven't seen, we had a great, great time. Thank you, everybody, for, for coming aboard. And we, we had a blast doing it. Uh, we still have it available. If you want to just, you know, send the money over to PayPal, uh, we can give you a copy of it. Um, my other high spot, which nobody mentioned, was Valentino Khan DJing to no one. It was <laughs> so funny to watch. Uh, low spot, definitely the Gable Stevenson overkill, and Mark Madden and Ric Flair like fighting at like fighting at shadows this past week on Twitter. Um, I don't know if it was the week beforehand, but it was the first time I read the thread. Pretty amazing. Uh, we are going to be doing the uh, roast of Brock Lesnar on Patreon this week, as I promised. Here's one of the jokes. Did you see the finish at WrestleMania 19? Haven't seen an ugly or shooting star press since that tour manager shot Selena. So uh, <laughs> there we go. Uh, guys, uh, check out, you know, like I said before, follow us on YouTube, Facebook, all that shit. Uh, Mike, Robert. Oh, hey, Scott, yeah, the Patreon clocks. this weekend. Look, the Patreon, uh, we are going to review Dynamite. We are going to do the Lesnar Roast. You got to get it. And then also buy our damn uh, live show because it was awesome. Oh, can we reveal who we are who we roasted on the live show since oh, we didn't yeah. reveal it before? Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you have, if you weren't there live or you want to relive it, you want to order this. It was the roast of Linda McMahon. And let me tell you something. There is a story way better than the roast is the story that Robert told about him and Linda, which we it's 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 like Twin Peaksy David Lynchy. It's <laughs> It's it's beautiful and, and bizarre. You got to check it out. There were two stories that Robert told about Linda McMahon. We'll just let you know. One of them is that they watched ECW One Night Stand together, <laughs> and that is the less steamy one. The other one actually feels like their own One Night Stand. <laughs> so check that out. And uh, Zach can't be here, so I'll say it for him. Ladies and gentlemen, wash your hands. And a happy WrestleMania.